Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy Hits Channel 99 It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Lots to get into today. Uh, Hicks, you've already told me that an intern has quit even before coming in here? Yep. Giant, I'll tell you why a giant mistake. Because the halls is blowing up. That's the teen comedy drama, dramedy, teen soap opera, teen... I don't know what they're called. On Instagram. On Instagram, coming at you 15 seconds at a time. We're already on episode two. We'll be playing that later. But a an intern already dropped out, right? Goes by the name of Jason, and he, uh, yes, he's declined to come on even after he said yes. Uh, you have to get a hold of Wiki immediately and have him make sure that we're not scrambling around, go back to HR and get on that. Because that's crazy, because these kids are becoming gigantic stars. I'm reading the feedback that we're getting on episode two. Um, and uh, better than Fargo. I waited all week for that. Love it. Uh, I almost want the uh, whole thing to be on Netflix because the weekly cliffhangers are too intense. Wow, Norris is bad. Damn. <laughs> now, is, I'm going to check with Shelby. Is that a good thing still? Very when, good. Okay. All right. And you can see that on Instagram at RonNFezSXM. And on our Twitter account, it is linked to it. Same at RonNFezSXM. I'm worried some jerk is going to leak the script online. No fat chance of that happening. I smell an EGOT or a Stugat or one or the other. Summer of Vitos. Better than Fargo is my favorite, I think, right now. Uh, all right, so we'll be playing that live on the air. And go over and check it out. The Twitter links up to it. Or I guess, do we have an Instagram account? Yes, it's Ron and Fez SXM. And send that around to your friends. Like, retweet it. Tweet I, don't the have link a lot of, I don't have a lot of friends doing that. It's like, oh, that's to all the listeners. Oh, because you, oh, you were looking yeah. at me. I thought you meant me. <laughs> if you have a Twitter account, you could email them. Tell them to post it to Facebook. I'm going to Facebook my Pinterest, if that works. This thing is new school and old school at the same exact time. I shut my Facebook down because I had a POS going on <laughs> the whole time. ASL. All right, so the halls is out. Uh, just uh, another place that we're off to dominate. This time, the world of intern soap operas. Our interns are so talented. 
and then we're going to get a new pack, and they'll be involved with this as well. But right now, it seems to be, if you go and watch this, it looks like a love story or star-crossed lovers between Norris and Vito. I, I'm so, uh, my heart is about to burst. In a yeah. good way or no, no, not like a, from cholesterol? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because you way. can't eat slices of cheese pizza every meal and expect to be okay. At a certain point, you should say to yourself, no cheese this meal. <laughs> Why? Why would I ever say that? I don't know. Not at 99 cents. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all up on our Pinterest right now. Instagram. Hmm? The Instagram page, at Ron and Fez SXM. That's our Instagram. I used to have a business I call Instagram. Just fucking hit up my page, and you get one coming your way. It's an Instagram. This is no Insta-sham. It's well, you know what? Instagram. Did I sound black? Because I didn't mean to. Very black. See, I didn't mean to. And I just want the blacks to know I adore them. <laughs> I love them. Sorry about all the things that happened over the years. Put out a press release. I'm sorry that the Apollo was taken over by so many white people last <laughs> night. <laughs> Who took the seats out of historic theater? Uh, that was the uh, Don Rickles. It was like a night of love, but it was really a roast. But so much comedy in that show last that night. That thing was jam-packed and just hysterical. From the live stuff and just the clips they were playing from Carson and the old roasts. I don't, I can't understand when you try to go back to those Carson shows and sh like show people. Uh, was the world just a more aggressive place? It was, I think it was more aggressive and it was just less overly controlled. Yeah. Whereas today, you're probably right. You're not I, going on those shows yeah, if the chef's on the plug. Yeah, they're pre-written. A lot of a lot of the shows, everything you know. If you ask a question, you already know the answer. Where you're right, people would just go on Carson to go on Carson. They weren't going on Carson because they were traveling around the world to put out their movie. Most of those movies, right up until probably after Star Wars, as a matter of fact, is when a a movie stopped staying around for like six months. But now I even remember E.T. was still around like that Christmas, you know, after wow. coming out in the summer. They used to just not act like everything has to take place immediately. Like they've seen it. Now we have to give something. They have to come back now. The audiences, I mean. Let's give, give them something new immediately. We need more cash. Well, no. You just have more screens and you put the same movie in so many screens and then you make sure there's like movies used to travel on word of mouth you know what i mean so people in chicago would go i've heard the godfather is good <laughs> it's coming here there's already lines in you know new york or philadelphia so when it got to chicago people would were ready for it it wasn't like oh we're just pushing 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 and everyone going in decide oh that kind of sucked <laughs> we didn't even see godzilla that much now the only person who just goes on and does weird stuff is pretty much Norm MacDonald on Conan. He'll just, he's been stopping by for the past couple of years without anything really Last comic standing is uh, tonight. Fez, will you be over at the iBang uh, writing like your little jokes in there? Absolutely. Shelby, That's... will you be doing it? I'll be there. Is this a contest? Because one of you guys is going to be voted off, I think. Yeah. Make Chris and I are going to judge how well you two uh, write your jokes about the jokes. Right. It's you guys against Liz Sets Fire. That's the 
the wow. comics. Although she had a birthday night last night, so she might have pottied it up a little bit. A little hungover. Ain't no party like a sets fire party. That is on the iBang at ten nine central to live chat. Last comic standing. You are so much like Fez now with the plugs, just isn't he? He's pluggy. It's it's seriously like a time machine that I'm looking into. <laughs> Well, someone's got to do them. Oh, oh shit. shit. That's it's what, on that's, that's the stu- I've already got you a plus one for tonight. <laughs> I will go be moving on up. to the next round. Excuse me, Fez? I will be moving on to the next round tonight. Go, go right that into that room right now. Put it up there. Is yeah, it, open is, the is room. Yeah, we should open up the room during the show <laughs> so you can start uh, you guys can start your snarkiness. I'll just write it on the Maya Angelou. Oh, don't. Right. Stop. That's so sad. And then Earl sent me a, a old Richard Pryor from the old Richard Pryor show, that uh, Maya Angelou thing. Um, somebody writes this still. Vito puts so much emotional performance. If Norris breaks his heart, I don't know what I'll do. Can it be next week yet? If Vito was a girl, I'd fuck him. He is a great actor. Um. Hey, today uh, we're going to give out some big prizes. Uh, it is living like Tito. Tito is our friend who kind of threw out everything in his life. Started a vodka business in Texas, which when you really think about it, makes zero sense. And he did that and went on to become uh, it became a huge success after working it many years. But we got into this thing of that's what life should be about. We were talking uh, yesterday with our our friend Shep, who came in, describing his life, going from an acid dealer (laughs) to managing rock bands to inventing celebrity chefs, which is kind of fascinating on its own, producing movies, winning at the Cannes Film Festival. Hanging out with the Dalai Lama. He actually cooked food for the Dalai Lama. I know. That's... And now he lives in Mali. <laughs> Perfect. And giant fucking cool stars stop by his house to get advice from him. That's what we're talking about. We're a little later on the show. We're going to find out what was your big move. I always call it the meeting across the river. Before I made a certain thing, I listened to that song, knowing that I had to go out and fucking drop this thing down. And I was like, there are times in your life when you got a meeting across the river. You can't fuck up. You got to lay it down. For Vito, we know what it is. The halls. The halls. This is his moment. Now, I'm going to ask you guys this. Do you remember at the beginning of the night, Seinfeld gave out his Mount Rushmore of comedy, where he said it was Cosby, Pryor, Carlin, and Rickles. It's a pretty strong list, but I don't know. I mean, you could tell his age because he just picked the four guys that were in the generation before them. I don't know how you could have a Mount Rushmore and not put Groucho Marx on it. It's impossible. I don't know how you can't put Woody Allen on it. Yeah. That, it might be too stand-up heavy on this Mount Rushmore of comedy. Well, it just really comes back to what you define as stand-up. I consider Groucho a stand-up. I consider Johnny Carson a stand-up. I consider Woody a stand-up. 
Um, just because they went off and started doing other things. It's almost like you have to sort of divide it into like categories because if you wouldn't you would never say what's the mount rushmore of music you would say i would i would do what's the mount rushmore of music but if you did a mount rushmore of comedy any of the would all those names be on it the same as seinfeld's i probably leave cosby off that's insane yeah oh my god it's insane to leave cosby off despite the fact that after he dies, the stories we're going to hear are going to set you on your ass. <laughs> You're kind of excited to hear those stories? I've heard them. I just can't repeat them. Oh, God. And not still keep working here. <laughs> who, who would you replace Cosby with? I would replace Cosby maybe with a Chris Rock, now a Louis C.K. going to the future. All right, so which one of those? I'd say... Louis C.K., now knowing the work he still has left to do, I think he could overtake him in the work he's already done. You're actually giving it out on potential. <laughs> I've never seen that done before. <laughs> like, occasionally we're going to go like this. Uh, Johnny Football goes into the Hall of Fame just based on all the yards he's going to throw for. They've never built a monument for somebody. We think this guy is going to be great. He would build a monument for a baby if he had the opportunity. <laughs> I would just build like the face structure. I wouldn't start etching out a goatee and a nose. Right, people are asking if we can do uh, nude scenes on the Vine. Um, I don't think so because there's no nipples on Instagram. Although... Bruce Willis's lovely young daughter walked around uh, with her breast out yesterday in New York as a way of saying these belong on Instagram. Now, if you go and look at this, it's up on the iBank today. It might surprise people that women can be topless in New York City. You see it quite a bit in Central Park. I mean, they're not walking around. And going up and getting a beer, but women lay out naked all the time in Central Park. Yeah, they're always sunbathing. And then there's also like a couple of photographers who just have women standing out naked. It's like that's their thing. We'll have a topless woman in Times Square on the subway, and it's totally fine. But even beyond that, they're allowed to walk around uh, and be topless in New York City. Yeah, I think you can do it as long as you're not selling anything. Like, if she was, like, Hawking having a huge sign for Budweiser, they'd shut her down. That's, a, that's, a, that's a mistake. So she should be like that. She had a Budweiser sign. We're drinking a Budweiser right now. She's just strolling, shopping for some fruit. Um, Wilt and Charlotte, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddies. Um, I think you, it would be criminal to leave Groucho off. I think it would be more criminal, criminal to leave um, Jack Benny off. I mean, that guy, he had timing out the ass. He was it's a really was good a fucking call. I mean, how do you leave? How do you leave Jack Benny off of this? How do you leave Albert Brooks off of this? Or Jackie Gleason? Jackie I mean, Gleason Jesus is a Christ. very good fucking call. Lenny Bruce as well. I would L think Lucille Ball deserves to be up there. Mm. You growled at that? Is it just because Fez said it? Both. Well, describe yourself rather than. You know. I, yeah, because Fez said it. And I mean, she just was on like one sitcom 50 years ago. Sure, and it was started like a, sitcoms. Yeah, but it's like a. As, I'm not saying she's not good and not great, but the Mount Rushmore of comedy, I'd put Joan Rivers over her on the Mount Rushmore of comedy. Joan Rivers, I think, would belong on the Mount Rushmore of comedy. There's no doubt about it. 
We're going to start carving out Everest because I don't know if we can fit this many faces. No, on a it's the game is to play Mount Rushmore. You get four. That's the game that Seinfeld started last night. And then no one just yelled out, What about Joan? How do you have that without Joan? You know, here's a name that was for probably 25 years played everywhere. I mean, probably for 20 years was considered no one else could touch him as a stand-up. And his career probably was 50 years. Bob Hope. Bob Hope was the go-to guy for the 40s, 50s, and at least a portion of the 60s. And then he hung around until the 90s. Yeah, everyone knows who Bob Hope is. Like, it's like this crazy, he's like a standard. It's like a comedy standard. Right, and a lot of times you'll go back and go, what is that? That's what comedy was at that time. You know, that's the thing. It doesn't always play out. W.C. Fields, Chaplin. Chaplin would have to be considered. Um, here's Jim. Jim, you're on the Run of Fez show. How you doing, guys? Great yeah. show. Uh, how could you do this without Lenny Bruce? Uh, yeah, Bruce's name came up. Uh, it's a tough call. But, you know, Seinfeld's thing, it was basically, he could have said, the four guys of the 1960s. Or, like, from 60 to 75. He was playing it safe. Out of the four he gave, who are the ones that are, like, who are the three that are definite, like, they're in? Here's the problem. All four of those people belong there. That's the problem with this game. There's no one you can say, oh, we have an easy, weak link. No, feelings will get hurt. Someone's going to get pissed off. Because someone has a Mount Rushmore comedian that, that needs to be up there. It's very hard right off the bat to say that Pryor and Carlin don't belong there since everything is kind of based on one of those two guys today. But yet, Bill Cosby was a bigger comedian than both of those guys. And longer career in each, you know, he was bigger before them. (laughs) He's still big today. If you were fucking Bill Cosby's booking agent, you'd be making really good money today. Because he sells out. And he sells out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, here's uh, Blackheart. Blackheart. Hey, Ron, been a while since I called, but tell this other faggot to get off Fez's nuts. Because, you know, that's my boy, and he got to watch his back doing that shit. Fez has got to learn to stand up for himself to Shelby. He's letting, you know, Shelby's in his fucking spot right now. And Shelby waits for Fez to say anything, and then drops a hammer, and Fez, you know. Shelby's very comfortable on my nuts right now, Blackheart. I thought you would be on him for saying the other faggot. I mean, that kind of calls you one, too. Dude, you just brought up a, a word that you know he hates, and you just made him sad again. Oh, God. You know he hates that word. More than anything. Uh, David, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, if, yeah. uh, if you're going to do a true Mount Rushmore, you think you got the father of our country, George Washington. Do you have to go back maybe the father of American comedy is Chaplin, uh, a great American. He wasn't even American. Huh? He wasn't well, even he wasn't. an American. <laughs> well, that blows my theory out. But the point I'm making is, like, maybe whoever we can trace back to the to the really first comedian in America, um, 
Then you got Lincoln, the Emancipator, maybe the first counterculture com- com- comedian that kind of made a name for himself. And then Thomas Jefferson kind of did the Declaration of Independence. So maybe Bob Hope kind of fits that, where he did a little bit of everything and set up a good foundation for comedy. He did stand-up movies. He was an MC, did the USO deal. You know, if you really get into that, you have to think to yourself, what about uh, to go to, like, a Will Rogers, you know? I mean, that guy was around doing shit before anybody even knew what to call it. He was really doing stand-up, selling out places, busting, you know, really going under, making people laugh about the president and the Senate and shit like that. And he had, you know, rich people showing up and hayseeds. Um... Here's uh, Ben David. Ben David, you're on the Running Fest show. Yeah, I was. you're talking about the masters of comedy, people that really set standards are people like Mel Brooks, uh, Jerry Van Dyke, Moms Mabley, uh, people that way back. Those every are, every know, name that you mentioned is great. Standards. It's really true. And I forget who mentioned Gleason, but that's a fucking strong name for that thing. And, you know, he sat around and was the biggest act in the country for a while. If we really were going by Mount Rushmore standards, we wouldn't have anybody in the last 25 to 30 years because it's not like we're putting Reagan on there if we were doing you, it now. You're just trying to run Fest down. We get it. He didn't bring up any modern people. But he, he you know, I mean, the whole thing of him being froze up right now and you jumping in, it's just a way of making him feel weird. We'll settle Bill, this tonight during last comic standing. Don't go into the plugs either, Fez. you got to do stuff other than the plugs. Bill in Brooklyn. Hi, do Ronnie. Listen, hey. I got a couple of old ones, and considering in the context of the time when they had no no, no TV or anything, but I got W.C. Fields and Sitsi. Well, Sitsi's it was uh, uh, on TV, but it was I think they for their time there was no one bigger. Yeah, and of course, every funny person that came out of that show will all say Sitsi's is the funniest human being I've ever seen. That's again why you've got to think. About an Albert Brooks. When funny people sit around going, the funniest person ever is Albert Brooks. Over and over and over again. Um, Rob, you're on the Running Fest show. Right? Yeah. Hey, I can't believe anybody hasn't brought up the Howard Brothers and Larry Fine. They have the holding power. People still love those guys. I mean, let's face it, just Curly. Uh, Ralph, you're on the Running Fest show. Ronnie, how about Jonathan Winters? I mean, it, you know, he was kind of the inspiration, wasn't he, for Robin Williams and, you know, other people like that? But Jonathan Winters, it was a riot. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And even saying, how do you not throw a Robin Williams or even Steve Martin into that? I think people forget about, I think people don't throw them up there because they get overshadowed by a Carlin and a Pryor, and people associate them more with their comedic films rather than their stand-up. And for what he, I'd say, for what he did at his time, I'd put Eddie Murphy there for what he was able to go to, like, the top and stand-up movies and sketch Are at, like, you doing the same that just time. to make Fez look more locked up? Yeah. I mean, he's fucking practically frozen now, you prick. Sorry. Thaw him out. Go in there and lick him and thaw him out. Lick it. Hey, uh, Salty. Sean, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. I brought up uh, Will Rogers. I did. I just, this is... Yes, you did. And I know this is a real long shot, but what about Mark Twain? I know he did the lecture circuit, but 
You think that was kind of a forefront of the... Oh, I, have, I 100% think that you'd have to look at Mark Twain He's as... Numerous. Yeah, but he also could do that in front of a fucking crowd. This is... Uh, this could take us years of fighting. And carving into a mountain once we actually do figure it out. And I will... Well, I don't want to say anything bad. <laughs> but if you look at a lot of those people, including Don, Jonah's the one that keeps updating her act all the time. She never stops. But I mean, some of those guys get into their act and you go to see them and it's a good classic act and it's great. But Joan is, you know, still vi- really, really vibrant. I'm now thinking she definitely belongs on it. And just to get on, like I've heard oh, her talk. Oh, God, that was going to be Fez's spot. Uh-huh. You saw him going to the... This is like one of those rooms where there's two doors and there's a light switch by each door, but like you can't, one has to be down, one has to be up. I guess maybe one of us has to be locked up for the other one to talk. Should I just lock myself up? Where are you living? I didn't hear that, Fez. What? I said, where are you living that you have these doors next to each other with the light switches? He doesn't even answer back to him. Um, Peter, you're on the run Fez show. Hey, guys, uh, first of all, I think Joan Rivers is so much beneath uh, Lucille Ball. Fez is right on that one. I think, two, I think you're both drunk. <laughs> I mean, if you Number look two. at just being able to walk into a room and own it for 50 years, Lucy never had that. She had uh, that first sitcom. And it was big. Yeah, she owned everyone's homes in America during that period. Yeah, because there wasn't nothing else on the other <laughs> fucking shows. All right, you make a good point, Ronnie. Yeah. And even female comedian. No, go ahead, The person I loved in the 80s, and as a kid, going back and watching, George Burns was incredible. You'd have to honestly sit there and think Burns and Allen. Now you're going to take up two spots. I guess Pryor and Carlin, and we put in Burns and Allen. But I I would agree with him. George Burns, phenomenal career. Still doing, was still doing comedy at 100. Um... Let's go over to Cigars and Scotch. Hey, buddy. Whoops. Hold on. Go ahead. Hey, when you're thinking of, like, Rushmore, for me, like, I'm thinking of, like, early formula of leaders. Like, we're not knocking one off and adding, say, a Kennedy or a Reagan. So, man, my head goes, you know, back to the vaudeville era. The only problem is, can you do one head with two half faces? Because you, you definitely have to put an Abbott and Costello up there. I mean, they really were amazing, especially for their time. Do you, would you really put Bud Abbott up there? Absolutely. I mean, if I'm going to put up any comedy team, and I'm 100% on this, Martin and Lewis. Martin and Lewis, to me... Uh, More Martin. Less Lewis. (laughs) But go back... I know a lot of people like to do Jerry Lewis jokes to this day. People hate him. Like, somehow he sucked. But he was the Jim Carrey of his fucking time. When you see that shit in the nightclubs in the 1950s, it's amazing. And D. Martin was fucking hysterical. I don't know why it took this long for us to come up with Martin and Lewis. That's crazy. Um, George, go ahead, buddy. All right, let's go over to Rob. Rob, you're on the Run Fed Show. Hey, what's up, man? What about a modern-day dismillennial? Well, you you, know? you got to go off and do that on another yeah, show. No, you got to get a show of your own, Rob. <laughs> you know, I'll say, I mean, you think Edberg will make that cut? You know, the, the the thing with Hedberg is that he didn't get long enough time. You know what I mean? You could probably say the same thing about Bill Hicks, because he died at, what, 33 or something? Yeah. 
terrible like that. Uh, Sam died very, very young. And it's tough to, I think Sam was like 38. It's really tough to compare that to some of these guys who were still doing stand-up in their 80s. And Cosby and Rivers, yeah. I mean, you know, 60 years or whatever it is. 50. Just going to struggle with it by yourself? <laughs> is that point counterpoint? <laughs> it's got to be terrible. It's got to be terrible when you finish a sentence and you think to yourself, I'm not happy with what I said. <laughs> I have to get back and start to spackle this wall. Is there an eraser for words? I always wonder. I, I just, uh, is, is it just feels crazy inside when that happens? Oh, yeah. You just feel like, what did I... I you said a thing yesterday <laughs> that was so fucking nutty. The bar thing? Just make it yeah. crazy. <laughs> Just make it as crazy as possible there. I mean, that's how you get people into a dive bar. Right, John Taffer? I don't know if I get the Taffer thing at all. He's got another show now. What is, oh, the investment show? Yeah, I guess it's yeah. what? It's... Same show. <laughs> it's Sharks. But for just small businesses, and they go to the businesses, like eateries. But they're always bars, right? Yeah, bars and restaurants, yeah. And it's like him and two other people that... Oh. Most restaurants are bars. I don't care what anybody says. They try, like, to, they try to keep it classy by saying, oh, no, we're... We're a restaurant. Yeah. Sure you are. Okay, give me some cheese sticks and as much fucking whiskey as you can pour into a water glass. Like the Outbacks and like the Chili's or whatever, they all, they're all bars, really. Thank you. They're all bars. I think if you could go in and just order drinks and no one bitches, you're a fucking bar. You know, you're not going to walk into a nice restaurant and just say, give us a couple of fucking tall boys. We're just going to sit here for a while and watch the game. If you can fucking order liquor and they go, well, you just can order liquor, then you're in a bar. And that's all the places that you brought up. Friday's is a bar. It's not a fucking restaurant. Um, all right. I want to watch the uh, the halls here. Tell people again how you can uh, do this. Instagram at Ron Enfez SXM. That is the word and not the ampersand. And Twitter at Ron Enfez SXM. We will be linking to the Instagram account. Fez, what happened with you being the plug guy? Um, I'll take it back over because he can't spit out the words SXM. I, but I'm saying, how did that? How did that even leave you? And then Chris never gave up booking guy when you took that over. That's back in his pocket again. Not one day did Fez go over bookings with me. It was Chris every <laughs> single day. They keep sending me the emails. <laughs> but you're giving me the names and Fez has never been involved at all. And now you're losing that thing. And I'm bringing in the names, but by the time I walk in the room, Chris has tried to elbow his way back into his incompetent position. <laughs> by the way, Danny Aiello loved the gimmick that you were doing for him yesterday. I saw him in the men's room on the way on his way out yesterday. It's uncomfortable. He got a big hug and a kiss right by the urinals. Oh, <laughs> did you like it? Well, that's the problem. If, if I just said to Danny, hey, do you know that you're making out with a gay guy in the men's room? <laughs> he wouldn't be able to fucking sleep for a week. No. He was so excited. And then Rob Cross came out of a stall and said, who was that that was doing that to you? Because he didn't see him. Did you tell Rob how much I miss him? Every day. I'm I'm actually writing a short story where I come in, you know, as a Columbine type shooter here. <laughs> and 
I am titling the story Duck Rob because I don't <laughs> want to hit him. It's just going to be called Duck Rob. Now do you guys get what a great guy he is? Yeah. Without a doubt, 100%. And I tried to convince you of that every fucking day. You this is a fucking lesson learned and never to be forgotten. And too late. That's the beauty. Most, <laughs> just like most lessons, it's too late. Yeah. Lessons blow. Oh, yeah. They're terrible. Is really, you ever happy like learning a lesson? It's just it's just fucking just shit ran down your head. Only later when you're considered wise for it. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah. That's where wisdom comes from. You're like, oh yeah, I got beat up. I got my teeth kicked in. I got my eyes gouged. One of my nuts was ripped off. People are like, oh, you're so interesting. Yeah, I was scalped once. You could all That's learn right. a lesson about love on this. The halls, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter, Ron and Fez. I got that's M. I got I got to give it to him. He's he seems to want it, and he to can't me that's, say it. I know, but wanting too it, many letters to be able to say it and and not say it is the thing that doesn't work for me. Just like Hicks is terrible at booking, but yeah. he does it. <laughs> that's the thing. If someone does it, I consider that their job. I got people coming in. Like, here. you ever go away, like, on a fishing trip with your buddies, and for one guy just starts making breakfast? Yeah. No one debates it. That's just They're the guy. just like, here he is, making his pancakes. He made That's the decision. He made yeah. the decision to do he it. He made the decision. It could have been as easy as just, I, he was hungry first. Right. And then he's like, I might as well keep feeding all these motherfuckers. And they're like, after that, you just start to fucking hand... You're like, all right, we're going to go out and get groceries. What should we get? You're asking him. <laughs> What's the fucking menu for tonight? All right, you don't have to curse, Chris. <laughs> but we're on a fishing trip, though. Had a couple. Go drive drunk back Look to the around. store. This is a radio station. What are you shuffling around with over there? <laughs> like you're jerking off the New York Times. You better not be masturbating in here. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. What... Put your hands up. Are you crinkling fucking paper? I was making a bullhorn to get those plugs out even louder. All right, go ahead and do it. Ron and Fizz on... <laughs> what is it again? Yeah, oh, Instagram and Twitter. Oh, yeah, doesn't know it. SXM, dog. All right. I'm going to watch The Halls. Episode Just, two. Oh, boy. Second episode already. I love the... Well, the first episode was really just, you know... Set up, like... But it wasn't... I don't even know if it was a setup. It's like the pilot. No, it's like the theme song, almost, you know? Give us, like, a little glimpse Like the into Cheers the song, almost. <laughs> All right, let's watch episode two, The Halls. My first day as an intern at Sirius XM. My first step to having the career I always wanted... What I don't realize is that I'm about to meet the woman of my dreams, Narice. Wow. Holy shit, that's good. That was really well wow. shot. I don't think the, sh the shooting was so good, but Narice walking was phenomenal. Yeah. Let me see that again, because the close-up of her, she's such a pretty girl. My first day as an intern at Sirius XM. My first step to having the career I always wanted. What I don't realize is that I'm about to meet the woman of my dreams, Narice. Here's the funny thing about Narice. She's so young, she doesn't even have her walk down yet. You know what I mean? Um, like, she walks like a kid. She's a child. She is a child. I wish I was directing that scene. I would have slowed it down and said, e Edie Sedwig this. 
You're fucking bouncing along like Jam Brady. She's excited. Yeah. For the future. I know she's excited, but she's got to look like, you know, slow it down so he can get a glimpse at you. Uh, by the way, Vito's just a terrific actor. Did you have to look to see who Edie Sedgwick was? Well, I thought you meant Edie Falco or Kira Sedgwick. You oh, fucking Jesus idiot. You don't Christ. know who Edie Sed Sedgwick is. No, I thought it was like a com combination of two leads. How do you live in fucking New York? How do you live in New York and not know this? Just one day at a time. You, you know anything about Andy? No. One day at a time is what Chris should be doing. What? You should be this motherfucker. I would have. I'd advise you to just try to stay sober one heartbeat at a time. I don't know. Got you should have a on. fucking Bluetooth with a sponsor. <laughs> All right, stay with me. I'm walking past the bodega. I'm walking past the bodega. They sell alcohol here. Did you just hear? <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> Soda. Mm. <laughs> You're drinking. Soda. Andy Warhol was from Pittsburgh. That's where I hail Shut, from. Seriously, dude. If Fez even gets slightly ready, you're going to find yourself in that other room doing fucking grunt work. As soon as he grows up. Instagram and Twitter run Fez at 6 oh, But yesterday, should have seen that Fez in that thing. Nada. All the notes he made. And all the... Well, air. he had one meltdown thing. Remember when my joke was uh, that it was Michelle? Yeah. Fez actually did a Michelle move, which got on my nerves. So the one thing he wasn't going to do, he ended up doing. I, I can't even bring it up because uh, fucking, I guess Don runs back and squeals. All right. But uh, this, is a, this is the first place I've ever been where I was on the outs. I was always like, oh, my God, Ronnie B coming up with another great idea. I don't know. What do you care? Don't make no fucking difference to me. It ain't like I ain't got places to go. Hey, Lou, Jersey. Lou. Hey, Money B, million bucks. Yeah. I'd like to try and redeem myself. Uh, my NBA Mount Rushmore was a complete failure for you guys. Uh, the four I'd put on there, first and foremost, I would put Jackie Gleason. Then I would go George Carlin, Chris Rock, and then I have to put my personal favorite, uh, the late John Panette. You're only sad because he died. No, I, I, I was a big fan of John Panette before he, before he passed on. Right, but, but let's just be totally honest here. Out of the entire history of comedy, John Panette. <laughs> Panette wouldn't have put his fucking name on that. You know? It's this, crazy. This guy's just trying to get cheap death love. That's all he's doing. What's next? My Angela should be on there, too? You know, that thing that you don't understand, but to my people, she meant the world. Your people? Yeah, I'm a human being, Chris. Oh. Unlike you, I don't go dividing myself into ethnic groups. I'm just saying, you know, she was a... What is your background? Hunky Hungarian? <laughs> Irish. No way you're Irish. Irish. No fucking way. A little German. No way are you little anything. <laughs> if anything, I see you Eastern Bloc. Like Bolshevik. I'm I, black Irish. I'm the black you're Irish. You're like a fucking gypsy. You ought to have a chicken under each arm. <laughs> You, you, your mom would fucking just be in a in a wagon looking around for your pots and pans, smacking off the back. Where are your fingers? Chris, Chris, Robbing someone. Where are your finger symbols? Hey, has anyone ever called you Christopher in your life? My mom. That's it. No one. Not even my dad or my grandmother. I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> it's really weird. No one ever calls me Christopher. 
What did you like? The first episode of uh, The Halls of the Second? I loved the first episode. The music was great. Seeing The Halls of Series XM, but the second episode with Vito talking about Norris, I that really got it me. It really got to me, too. Yeah. He takes it up a notch there. You, you can see the longing in his eyes. This is not a gay goddamn show, Fez. <laughs> and by that, I mean the Ron and Fez show isn't. I do like that theme song a lot. It's called Raise the Cup. That's the way you live your life. <laughs> Raise the cup of failure. Drink up. What would you say the biggest failure here is? Serious XM or just in the Ron and Fred show? Up to up to yesterday, I would have said in my life I've always had the respect of my peers until yesterday. It's <laughs> fucking horrendous. Mm. Uh, John, you're on the Ron and Fred show. Well, as, as, as much as Gracia has made me just guffaw laughing, I, I gotta put. I gotta put a harpo on on Mount Rushmore. Can, can you imagine those big bulging eyes and that goofy grin? <laughs> he was amazing. He was an amazing, amazing uh, talent. Uh, Matt in uh, Winchester wants to talk about the halls. Yeah, is that going to be the latest episode titled "States Exhibit A"? Do you think he came off a little too lustful? Uh, a little stalkerish, it looked to me like. And also on the uh, Mount Rushmore, you gotta include Abbott and Costello. No, there's no way I'm putting Bud Abbott on there. Lou Costello <laughs> has his chances. I never was a guy who was a big fan of the straight men, the mean straight men. And then what did I end up doing for my life? I became the mean straight man, mm. literally. <laughs> I don't think Vito comes off as stalkerish in this. He seems hopeful, and he sees a woman that he could love. Let me watch it one more time. My first day as an intern at Sirius XM. My first step to having the career I always wanted. What I don't realize is that I'm about to meet the woman of my dreams, Narice. He's not actually a shot pretty good. Yeah, he's not like leering behind anything. He stopped dead in his tracks by her beauty. He's, he's not he's not a stalker. He seems like he could crush her, though. <laughs> it seems like he's going to think, I love her so much, I'm going to put her in a trunk of my car and drive to fucking Jersey. But even if he does, how could you not stick around to see how it turns out? Fuck wants to, you to go to a meeting with him tonight. Not going to any meetings. What are you afraid of? Success? Not going to any meetings. What are you afraid of? Success? I don't know, maybe. Facing yourself, looking inside, taking a personal inventory? Oh, Jesus. Yes, all those things. Why? Because it would be fucking really terrible. You deserve so. You don't want to spend the rest of your life not getting what you deserve. I talked to a mutual friend of ours yesterday, and he goes, I don't know what's with Chris. He's so depressed. And he goes, every time I see him, he's depressed, and he's depressing me now. I didn't, uh, didn't know my depression was uh, catching. Didn't know it was my fault. Let's see. Now you're angry that your friends are talking about it. <laughs> they can just talk to me about it. Apparently he can't talk to you. You know why? Why's that? You're a yes man. And you know what that comes from? What's that? Your problem. You're always sitting around trying to please. How do I please? 
go with fuck. Not, I'm not going with, fuck's a great dude, but I'm not going with him. What's the harm? What are you afraid of? I don't want to go to a meeting. What are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. I don't want to go to a meeting. What are you afraid of? The truth? There is no truth. I'm just, it's, I, I got my shit under control. What's wrong with even going? I just, I don't want to, I, I don't feel, I've never, I don't feel if I, if I, I don't want to go to a meeting if I'm not going to participate in it. How do you know? How do you even know what it is? I have an idea. I'm looking at a scared boy right now. And our mutual friend is right. You're very depressed. You think you don't deserve, Chris. That's your problem. I have low self-worth. And oddly, not even low enough. <laughs> what? Jesus. See, this isn't helping. As bad as you think you are, you're worse. Fuck me. Oh. No, no. Not like literally. But it, the way it comes off, the way you're saying that. Sit down. We're not fucking going anywhere. Have a seat. Okay. What are you worried about? This isn't a meeting. This isn't a place you have to worry that someone's going to hold the mirror up and, and go, look what you've become. Yo, destroy that mirror. I'm worried about you. In, uh... Um, Sam, you're on the Run of Fez show. Sam. How about uh, Belushi? Jim? But not John. Yeah. Jim. Good joke. You ever see Canine? Why do you got a joke? Tim, we're sitting here trying to do a show. Tonight is uh, Last Comic Standing, and uh, Fez and his protege, Shelby, will both be over at the iBang. You can join them. Did you open that room yet, Shelby? I have not opened it yet. I'm keeping it unlocked until the show starts. Would you fucking do what I asked you to do during the show today and start it up? Get up in or, it. Or have you come along so far in fucking radio that you feel like... This uh, doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to fucking follow. You know what I'm thinking to myself? Maybe shit fucking rolls downhill. Maybe I put my blame exactly where it's fucking due. Because you guys don't have to go to meetings like I did yesterday. <sighs> did not sound good. You want, the, oh, you know why I didn't take you? Why? You're filled with fear. You're a fearful guy. You should have been in there like you were my fucking right arm. And I go, no, don't come in. Let me handle it all. Uh, look who it is. Hide right, Johnny. Johnny! Hello, boys. Good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, I laughed, I cried. I couldn't believe it as I watched episode two. I watched it ten times already. In the last couple minutes. I can't wait until we're... 15 weeks or almost three minutes into the halls <laughs> to see how this thing starts to play out. That's the beauty of it. You yeah. can watch it over and over and over and over again and only kill five minutes. Yeah. It, it's not, you don't have to invest a lot of time and you can see the subtle nuances in those 15 seconds. You know, there's a lot of little subtle nuances that you may not notice if you have to watch a longer version of something. That's true. I mean, That's you know, that true. was just, you know, everyone, some of the, someone called and said that it looked stalkerish. I think that that was the fate part. Like, he didn't know who she was until she walked by. And he got All right, let, let me take point. another look, because Johnny's turning me around on this. My first day as an intern at Sirius XM. My first step to having the career I always wanted. What I don't realize is that I'm about to meet the woman of my dreams, Maurice. 
Yeah, you're right. He wasn't looking for her. It just right. it, it passed in front of him. It was you're witnessing the moment that he sees what he thinks might be the the woman of his dreams. He he was just walking around outside, and they just happened to cross paths. Mm, that's a really good point. I don't know who the director is, but taking our our beautiful starlet and putting a coat on her is about (laughs) as dumb as you can get. They they did a nice job with, you know, the hair was bouncy a little bit. You know, everything was there. I thought it looked good. Um, Shelby, this is being asked. Are you going to show up early tonight and watch your boy Ron Funches in his new series, Undateable? I will show up early. That is, uh, uh, airs right before Last Comic Standing. Ron Funches and Chris Dealey and the new show Undateable. Thursdays on NBC. What? He just plugs instead of talking. <laughs> you realize how fez you are? That was it's really weird. weird. It's weird. It's must see TV. I understand, but we, you need to be in conversations if you just do plugs and no conversations. Look, that could be your future right there. Look through that fucking glass. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> yes. Look at it. That's your version of a meeting. No. Yeah. Go, do it. That could be your future. And Hicks, yeah. this mirror is your fucking future. <laughs> God damn You it. can turn in to this man that's in the mirror. <laughs> Love that song. Oh, God. Don't even bother. <laughs> don't even bother. I won't. Well, Johnny, thanks for you know being behind us. Uh, the kids know, are very excited. They should be. It's it's a masterpiece. This is a media revolution where it's a show in fifteen seconds, every week, every Thursday. Now you're doing a plug instead <laughs> of just being here like a person. Media yeah. revolution. That's what I'm like fucking need, saying. I feel like I need to end this call with a plug. I don't know. It's weird. Everyone's. What do you want to plug over at the Hard Rock? One is. Uh, hey, did you uh, have a party for Earl? No, we did not. He was off yesterday. Yeah, he's off every day, even when he's yeah. there. Yeah, no, it's weird. Poor Earl. No, Earl. You should just have him in the corner playing a fucking trumpet. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Everybody loves Earl. Everybody loves Earl. Should be a TV show. This is Earl. I can't wait to get off work to see my baby. God bless that kid. That fucking freak of nature. He's sitting around every night trying to figure out how he can steal James Brown socks. So he can fucking just wear one of it over his cock. By the way, did you guys see the, the new condoms? Yeah. No. What? It's up on the. Do you not read the eye bang at all? <laughs> I do. You're like. Here's the. If I bring up something you don't know it, and then Fez tries to send eye bang stories in seven hours after they've been up. It was my funniest thing today. Fez sending a late, and he just writes Sarah Silverman as Sarah Silver. Alright. Here's the thing. You I, go back and go back just a little bit and put the volume up on this, Chris. All right. All right, go ahead. The FDA for use on skin. It's applied hours or even days before sex. <laughs> this the is face real. Comes like a second skin, allowing you to urinate through it. What you no. can even bathe with it on. When the opportunity for sex occurs, you simply apply the reservoir cap, and it's easy. Just peel off a paper backing. 
and stick it to the polyurethane film base. The cap's ultra-thin adhesive securely bonds to the base, leaving your most sexually sensitive areas free to experience unobstructed pleasure. The now, here's the cap- other thing that they're saying, that scumbags fail 18% of the time anyway. So, if you're worried about safe sex, 18% of the time, you're not having fucking safe sex. This 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 thing is yeah. like you're shrink wrapping your cockhead all day long. No, that's that's no thank you. Just pull out. It's awful. It's a crazy idea to just have fucking cellophane on your dickhead. By you yelling, just peel out. You killed the <laughs> the, the, the fucking continent of Africa. <laughs> Just peeling out will not uh, pulling out is not going to protect you from AIDS. The galactic cap coming soon to a uh, sea. Oh, I'm doing a live read. Sorry. Yeah. Fesnel doesn't even look at us. He acts like he's either watching a monitor or something in the other room. It's fucking maddening. Johnny, what do you got planned for today? Nothing. I'm working. And I'm going to go home, and I'm going to watch the Rangers. That's my day. Oh, man. Dude, you lose tonight. It's over. You realize that, right? I have to say that I have this really strong feeling that the Rangers will prevail either to, will prevail tonight, and I also have a very strong feeling they're going to win the Stanley Cup for one very simple reason. Go this ahead. is the first year in 45 years that my family has not had season tickets to the <laughs> Rangers. <laughs> I'm literally, I have a thing in my office that says Pasquale 45. It's the back of a Ranger jersey. They gave it to us for 45 years having tickets, and this is the first year we didn't renew. So this is the only reason that the Rangers will win the Stanley Cup. Just a fucking... Oh, are you nervous wreck about it, though? No, not at all. It seems, I don't know, it seems like there's a lot of, like, I hate to get into the destiny thing and that kind of stuff, but, you know, you look at, you know, the, the whole thing with Martin St. Louis and his... his Mom dying through the playoffs. That doesn't make kind of make sense. Polarizing, and it's helped. You know, it's helped the team. There's another guy on the team who took a two years off hockey because his twenty-something-year-old wife died of cancer. None of those did, things have anything to do with the sport. No, they, just, but they have to do with team and guys playing for each other, which is what you know. That's what I think you sound like Sports sport. Center right now, Johnny. That's the crazy <laughs> shit that they try to tell us on Sports Center. He's giving us the cold hard facts. <laughs> You know, look at the Yankees had Joe Torre, Joe Torre's brother Frank the year they won their first one when he had his heart transplant. You know, so there's always seems to be some sort of something that that kind of guys rally around a little bit. You know, win one for the Gipper. So I think that this year, I, I just think it's the destiny of this team to win the to win the Stanley Cup after 20 years. And also because I don't have season tickets. <laughs> well, I hope it works out. At least I hope you're going for it. That'll be fun. It's good to watch hockey, and I love playoff hockey. is amazing. Anyway, I watched the, the, the Chicago game last night. It was a great game. It's just a good atmosphere. It's fun to watch. Something right. to do before football. All right, brother. Talk to you later. All right, boys. Bye. See ya. Let me read some of this stuff coming in on the uh, on our Twitter account. Um, I think the Don Rickles specials showed. How he is the greatest living performer. That's from Pauly. That thing was really fun. If you haven't seen it, go over to Spike TV and try to check it out again. Norice is one fine chicka. I got a tent in my pants. That's inappropriate. (laughs) 
This is a TV show here. Shez has finally morphed into Fez. <laughs> Jamie Martin says you have to watch the new original series on Instagram. The Halls. And then for some reason, uh, Rory just puts up a bunch of pictures of bikes in the front of a house and said, that's how I rolled. <laughs> Vice Fez says, you know Pepper and Fez share the same tackle box, which has never been opened. Fuck says, I want to see Narisa's naked so bad. <laughs> I hear The Halls has already been picked up for a second season. Rumor has it Denzel and ScarJo are in talks to stars. To star. Nice stuff for The Halls. I wonder if there's a Yellow King that's going to show up in this. <laughs> Sick TV ref, bro. <laughs> God, that ended badly. I don't know why I look forward to that. I told you it was going to early on. Yeah, you called it. Now I'm going just the opposite on Fargo. I'm I'm picking these guys to just finish perfectly because every episode has been exciting for me. Although, like I said, I've talked to a couple people. They're like, what is this shit? I don't get it. At the end? No, all of it. Oh, the whole thing? Yeah, that, that, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. What's not to get? Good, amazing TV? They just find these despicable people that we're just watching. Horrible, <laughs> despicable people. And I can't fight with that, but there's something about watching horrible people that I like to do. Bob Odenkirk's still the only one that seems like he's cold to me. Cold? Yeah, like like, like actually cold in the weather there. Wow. Uh, Odenkirk's killing this thing. Every person is killing it. But the girl who plays Molly, I'm just crazy about. I just think she's terrific in this role. Um, all right, we got... Uh, who's stopping by today? Luis Gomez is stopping by today. He has the dark. He has another dark show happening oh next week. Oh, my God. He's, he's going on with the dark show. <laughs> yeah, he's doing another dark show. That's on Thursday, June 5th at Stand Up Labs in New York. That's next week? That's next week, next Thursday. Who's all going to be doing it? Big J, Dan Soder, Mark Norman, Rob Cantrell, Adrian Ayapolucci... I might go to that just to, to, to see. Or not see. <laughs> I gotta not see how this thing turns out. I'm glad to see that's going it's going strong now. I'll tell you this though. My wallet will be in my fucking sock. Because I don't trust in this act at all. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go into New York City and sit into a dark room with trust in my heart. <laughs> Shelby, I don't know what to do about you and your fucking boy shoulders. <laughs> Fez, what is? what do you keep looking at over there today? What is on that monitor that you're staring at the whole time? Oh, I was, uh, I had the holes on there and then also the condom thing. But this is, the, both of those things were fucking minutes ago. And you haven't looked up and you're just watching your monitor. I feel like I'm going to end up hanging myself one of these days. Don't. If I do it, I'll do it live on the air. For everybody. Pull that death gurgle. Uh, Lizette's Fire says, we've been using the pullout for six years. Not even a scare. Hopefully I'm barren. Nice. Honey, you don't have to pull out the ass. You're fucking fine. <laughs> Brian said, finally some hockey talk. 
I've I've already promised some people that if the Rangers get into the Stanley Cup, I'll let them come in and do some hockey talk. That's the good news. The bad news is one of those people's Tommy Z. Oh no. The good news is Hicks. You didn't let him know he's going to be showing up some cigars there's, in here. There's a cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a fucking cover. And now on the iBang, oh, the geez. last comic standing chat is open, and I commented first. All right, what did you say? First. Fez, how did you let him fucking beat you to that? Uh, Greg says Fez's first kiss in the men's room, and of course it's a straight guy. Uh, John Freeman has Neil Hamburger, Carrot Top, Rob Schneider, and Carlos Mencia. Lock it in. Here's uh, something for Pepper, if you want to hear it. Yeah. From Sarah, the wheezing and slurring gets worse every day, Pepper. Go to a fucking meeting. Not going to a meeting. The wheezing's just from cigarettes. Thick Roy says, just got a dirty look from a lady at the stoplight, thanks to the filth streaming out of Pepper's mouth about condoms. Those things aren't condoms. I mean, they might be calling themselves condoms, but they're not. Uh, Pete, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. Listen, going back to the Rangers in uh, Montreal. Sorry, I'm on the uh, app, so I'm a little bit behind. No worries. But uh, the, uh, the Habs are going to win this series. I'm sorry to say, I'm a Leafs fan, so I'm not, I'm not even happy about it. But the Rangers should have nailed them when they had them 3-1, and they did not. I agree with you. And I say to my friends, if you don't win six, you won't win seven. It's that fucking and simple. A, and they've got a third-string goalie that's hot as fuck. So they're, the, the Rangers are done. Like attractive? Oh, yeah. Real disgusting, hot. dude. Well, just, what do you say? That dude's hot as fuck. You know that you can be oh, hot in the sports oh, meeting, right? <laughs> Sit down. You're making me fucking nervous. <laughs> you're just fucking hovering like a guy looking for a drink. Oh, I'm sorry, Pete. I was trying to have a conversation with you up there in Canada. Talk to you later. Right. What's with the hovering and the fucking weirdness, the jumpiness? You need to get a drink to fucking slow, settle down your DTs? No. <laughs> Couldn't hurt, though. Calm everything down. Uh, Wadey Brown says, Stanhope, Attell, Pryor, Patrice. Fletcher says, there's no way I'm blowing a fake nipple to the tip of my cock and hoping the best. Pull and pray. Pull and pray, boys. Sweet Daddy Dick Slap says the Liz Aspire <laughs> at a girl. Any reason why we don't hear the Ron and Fez song by Sleeves anymore? I don't know. Maybe that is six fucking years old. That could be a reason. I don't know what that means. There's comments on the Instagram accounts. Well, you can comment on the Instagram account as well. You can like it, follow it, and comment on it. You can comment on the Twitter, the Instagram, or go to the last now comic standing back. box. I'm just trying to explain the Instagram. But you weren't explaining. You went into live read. <laughs> Look who it is. Brooklyn Blowhard. New York is so excited about the Rangers going to win the Cup. It's just going to... It's going to rock this city. We're going to have another parade down the Canyon of Heroes. I predict the Rangers will win tonight and then advance and win the Cup. 
That's prediction number one. Your heart isn't even in this blowhard. <laughs> it's not even there. Oh, it is. I I really love the fact that they're playing an old original six franchise, and it looks like it would probably be L.A. out west, so it'll be a New York-L.A. Cup. Prediction number two, Chris Stanley, take notes. All right. California Chrome will not win the Belmont. Bullshit. He does not have the breeding. He does not have any type of bloodline that suggests that he can go a mile and a half. He's an $8,000 clunker, like your old Smarty Jones and Big Brown and all these other pretenders. There will not be another Triple Crown this year. If it doesn't have the bloodline, then how the hell will it win the first two legs of the race? Chick is saying the same thing as him. I don't know why you read his thing last night. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Who did he pick? Uh, Metal Count. He's all about Metal Count. Well, I haven't picked my winner yet, but you see, you can't pick so far in advance at that for some races because it could be track conditions, it could be muddy, it could be sloppy. You don't know what's going to happen. But I'm just saying overall... A champion has to run the mile and a half, and this horse is not a champion. California horses usually don't do that great in New York anyway. It's a different type of track, the dirt, um, the breeding. Like I said, it's like running an $8,000 horse against horses with great bloodlines that are, you know. They beat already. It doesn't matter. It's a, it doesn't in a matter. short race. He's not listening race. to me. No, I know. Short race. It's been mile and eighth, mile sixteen. It's hard to run down somebody like Derek Clunker when they've won two fucking major races. It's won well, eight races in a row. So many. It's won eight races in a row. The damn horse is unbeatable in this in this stretch of its fucking life. And one time, then how come we haven't had one since 1978? What's the deal? We've had so many horses that win two out of three. Oh, I think the odds are with you, Blowhard. There's no, no doubt about it. Mile... But you can't you can't disrespect the fucking horse that just won. No, no. I mean, there's I only three the races fact... anyone in the country cares Look, about, and he's won two of them. It's true. But what happens in this type of race is you got horses that are just targeted for the mile and a half distance because most races, there are very rare, if any, horse races in this country that are a mile and a half, where traditionally in England, Ireland, and other places, races mile and a half, two miles are very common. So what's going to happen is they're going to ship in horses or have horses with that bloodline that can make that mile and a half. That's the whole difference. If it's a mile and a 16, mile, you know, six for a long, whatever. I, I respect this horse, but when it comes to the mile and a half, that is when you're going to see the, the pretenders and the champions. And this I horse, love the pretenders. This horse will not be... Uh, speaking of uh, music, thanks for the blondie, by the way. Oh, yeah, you got it? Oh, man. It was so... And I didn't even know it was autographed by all three of them. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. But um, getting back to the horse, that mile and a half is a killer. And I just don't think this horse... Is, is going to do it, you know? It's like it's like putting a jalopy. How's that for an old-time word? It is an old word. In the Indy 500. It's just, you know, there's going to be a lot of heartbreak at Belmont that day. A lot of people are going to go. It's going to draw over 100,000 easily. It's exciting. It's great for horse racing because it does need a shot in the arm. I don't think this horse is the one. So Lohard, you're bringing up just what California Chrome's owners complain about when you say things like jalopy, because they're not billionaires. They don't belong in the Triple Crown. But here's here's the thing. It doesn't matter who says what. The race happens, and then we'll know. Yeah, this, two All this predictions, yeah, in two minutes, the <laughs> so whole thing's over, and then we'll know. But the odds are against this horse winning. Yeah, the tomorrow. odds are against this horse winning. It's been almost 40 years, 38 years. If it years. wasn't a mile and a half, I would give him a great chance. Well, no that's, shit. That's what makes it, that's what makes yeah, it triple it, crown it, hard. 
Right, but the whole thing is the mile and a half is a killer. And I All right, let me know. ask you guys this. If the Heat get back into this thing, right? If they get into the finals, did they got to win at all for LeBron to be one of the legendary guys, or is he already a legend? He's a legend. They, they got to win again. I he's not a legend, legend yet. He's a fantastic. He's the best player in the league. He's best he's not. He's not he actually was second in the MVP. He should have gotten the MVP this year. No, just because Durant, you know, has a high scoring per game average. That's all people go by by averages, not who's you know. LeBron can do it all. When LeBron gets the ball, it's, it's you have to stop and watch. It's like the guy's amazing, and when he's on fire. Uh, but you know, the legendary status. I think they're already there if they get back again, because uh, you know that thirty for thirty on the bad boys. And they only went back-to-back, right? Yeah. And that's a legendary team. The Heat will be a team that people talk about 20 years from now, 25 years from now. It's already done. It's and how about, how about the, uh, the non-respect that San Antonio gets? It's like... It's hard to respect them because you forget them. Yeah, they're exactly. So that's quiet. the whole point. They, they don't get any, any, any of the coverage, any of the hype, and yet they're just such a well-oiled machine as a team. They're just... You know, they just dominate and they just play so well. As te- they're a throwback to the old uh, '60s and '70s teams, where they just play defense. They How many championships have they won? Four with Duncan, and they've been to the finals two more times. Unbelievable! And yet, and yet you don't talk about them when it never. comes to greatness. And never talk about I mean, Duncan. They, never talk about them. They were they 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 could be fifth without Ray Allen hitting that three at the end of the game last. Oh, last absolutely! Game. You're 100 right. They were just a machine, and they play that type of team ball. They don't seem like they're going to win this against OKC, though. The surge of Bach is really fucking... Yeah. I still, I, I still think that San Antonio is going to play the Heat in the championship, and I, I would give uh, San Antonio seven games. I take them. All right. Well, we'll so. see all I mean, these things soon. Nice to talk to you, Blowhard. Take care, buddy. I'm glad you got that blondie, too. I'm enjoying it. I'm dancing as we speak. Oh, that's nice. She's just dancing around, having a great time. There was a weird moment during last night's Heat Pacers game where they brought up, like one of the announcers said, yeah, LeBron hasn't fouled out in the last five years. And then one of the announcers said, oh, really, that's interesting. Like, oh, maybe the refs actually have something to do with it. And they all tried to quickly hush him up like, no, don't. Don't ever even say that the refs might be fixing anything after that whole Tim Donaghy scandal. All right, it is the Ron and Fez show. We will uh, uh, we'll get into some more stuff. Well, you know what? I haven't talked about the Danny Aiello from yesterday, which was really one of the funnest times I've ever had in radio. Those stories were amazing. It's a very weird thing. There's a lot of things around this place that just drive you crazy. And then you get to do stuff like hang out with Danny Aiello, you know? Doesn't seem real. Just to be in, just be across the concert. And have him be so fucking happy. What he was saying about you playing a song, he goes like this. This kid <laughs> played that song for me, and he doesn't even realize it. And he should. He should figure out what he just did for me right now. And fucking Hicks was so shy. I wish he wasn't being pointed at. I wish he wasn't being called the kid. It was adorable. This kid, look at him. Look at that kid there. Look, I love Danny Aiello. And I never thought he would be pointing at me, saying nice things. I've loved this. Because you hit play. (laughs) Say the fucking button on the board. All right, Doc Intoxicated says, uh, Pepe Centaur picks horses by how sexy they are. 
incorrect. Uh, pool keeper's son said, the way Vito says Norris, like she's a plate of hot wings with ranch dressings. <laughs> All right, let me hear it again. My first day as an intern at Sirius XM, my first step to having the career I always wanted. What I don't realize is that I'm about to meet the woman of my dreams, Norris. <laughs> Norris. Hey. I think it's sweet. If Pepper likes Chrome, then there's a 0.000% chance that I bet it. Uh, well, everyone's, no one should be if, betting If it. Pepper likes Chrome, the poor thing is going to die in the gate. Now, I recognize that I'm a jinx, but watching that Preakness race, you should know that this fucking horse is hot. Howard says, way to go out on a limb and pick no triple crown. For the 36th time, blowhard. It's true. Alright, let's break. We'll be right back. Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Hey, buddies, it's Ron and Fez here. Recently, we've had some of the best names in comedy stop by for some impolite conversation. Like Judah Freelander. Elections don't mean anything. Everyone in office is self-appointed. It's all rigged. Like, let's say the Giant comedy... corporations oh, put them all in there. <laughs> sorry, oh, it's a long rant. It, was, it wasn't long. It was just slow. I, yeah, yeah, I, I know. You're six right. words. It took was that a long acting. time. Mike Vecchione. Isn't getting... that great when somebody gets caught doing like a, like a murder or something and they have like um, a Cleveland Browns jersey on? Right. And it's like, oh, I get why that person is murdering people because their team just sucked for so long. And this is me being a Browns fan. And Tracy Morgan. It's all about compatibility. Sure. They look at us. See, I know. She looked at me like that. Look, she's going to mess around and get pregnant. I'm yeah. telling you. Well, yeah. I'm a veteran. I don't pull out. You know what I mean? No, you don't pull out at no. all. Yeah. Old school. I'm, yeah. My joke is like prison. When I come in, I come in. The Ron and Fez Show. Weekdays starting at noon Eastern. On Raw Dog. Sirius XM Comedy Hits. 99. Back with the Ron and Fez song. Yes, we were. 
and it was loaded and ready to go, and Shelby decided to put his bony fucking fingers in the way and uh, delete it. It so, was all set to go. There's no other songs to play. We went into the rejoiner. That's stupid. I was down talking to Sam, and instead of hearing the song go off, uh, I hear that, and of course, uh, panic. Uh, Brian, you're on the run of Fez show. Honey B, what up? Hey, uh, so I watched the latest episode of the Hall. And first of all, Norice, holy shit. She uh, definitely lives up to the hype of her hotness. But uh, my question is, is there going to be any special guest appearances on the halls by any of you guys in the studio there? Well, the original idea was it would be about the interns and the show would be kind of going on in the background but um, now I wonder would that detract from the excitement level that these kids have brought into themselves it might distract people to seeing someone show up in the background of a scene of the halls did you delete that uh, thing I thought he when they said I was on the phones and they said okay load this I thought they were talking about the promo that was playing and I noticed there was no sweeper loaded when he told me to jump in to play it why would you jump in to play it they told me he said to jump in and play it why would you tell him to jump in and play it because I, I usually bring us back no you don't me and Chris had this all worked out. It was all loaded. It's a hell of a team. All right, uh, Luis Gomez uh, stopping by in a couple of minutes to promote the dark show. The Doc Show. That's happening next Thursday, June 5th at Stand Up Labs New York at 9 p.m. Uh, right above Stand Up New York on West 78th Street in New York City. Big J is part of the show. Dan Soder, Mark Normand, Rob Cantrell, and Adrian Iapolucci. That's going to be a great show. Good plug. Um, Poolkeeper Sun says, how come I have to watch a 30-second Microsoft uh, commercial in the middle of the Halls episode. Sounds like that's his computer. And not our Instagram account. All right. You know, uh, this just got sent to us, too. You know that uh, place uh, at the uh, Willis Tower where you can walk out on that glass thing yeah. and look down Chicago? That cracked. Oh, God. That thing tilts people out over the street. And everybody acts like, no, you got to do it. It's totally safe. And it's fucking cracked. People are just being sucked out by the suction up there, the crazy-ass wind. All right, you got the Ron and Fez song now? Let me get it. Uh, I don't understand the jumping in for each other. The players play. Maybe that's why there's mistakes, Chris. Maybe because instead of people knowing how to do shit, it takes a fucking village to to hit play. It shouldn't take a village. It's just a button. I know shouldn't isn't in the fucking matter, but they're acting like that's their actual system. Yeah, that's no that's no system. That's just no shit. 
No fucking shit. Did you find it, Fez? No, I didn't. Well, why don't you just sing it for us, then? Here's the story about Ron and Fez. And one's from Florida, the other one... Just butch up, would you, big girl? Thanks. Okay. We got Lois? Uh, I got uh, the song. Here's a little story about Ron and Fez. It's the Ron and Fez, the Ron and Fez show. Here's a little story about Ron and Fez on Sirius XM Radio. One is gay, but thought he's straight. They met way down in the Sunshine State. Fez comes from Florida. Ron, where were you born? Hey, shut your cake horn. They loaded up the truck. They were New York bound. Next up, DC. Sound now on satellite. Ron, are we being precise? What are you, a narc? Are you vice? Fez had not one, but three heart attacks. He finally came out, now we all can relax. Run, just chime in with your usual prowess. It's none of your business. You're a raw dog, it's the Ron and Fez. It's the Ron and Fez, the Ron and Fez show. Austin, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Ronnie, I got to commend you for not hitting the bottle, putting it up your nose, because it's a fucking rough one. These guys make me want to drink. They're, they're amazing. They're they are. They, they are a crew of fucking I, I, amazing, amazing people. And that song about Fez sucks. Uh, the, the crazy thing is, I just sit there, I'm eating spoons full of shit, right? And while that's happening, my guys can't put together a fucking break. Radio 101. And I have to come running back down the fucking hall. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Where's Lewis at? He's coming down the hall now. Alright, Lewis uh, Gomez is here with us. He's doing the dark show. And apparently... Um, apparently... He is uh, going to be part of this last comic standing tonight. Even though I don't see him plugging it, I do see him in the commercials. Yeah, and the dark show is happening next Thursday at Stand Up Labs New York, 9 p.m., right above Stand Up New York, located at 236 West 78th. Big J, Dan Soder, Mark Normand, Rob Cantrell, Adrian Iapolucci is going to be part of the dark show. And also, Lewis is on SiriusXM's Tap Out Radio every Thursday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Sports Zone 92 and the SiriusXM app. They tap out. They tap out. The MMA is the biggest thing in the world right now in sports, it seems like. People just love MMA. Is that right? I have to tell the NFL that they've somehow fallen behind at least the fifth or sixth uh, sport um, for MMA. Uh, I guess we didn't have Lois Gomez walking down the hall as those uh, plugs started. I know I don't even have anybody in that room over there either. No, no one's in the booth. Why is that? I think Fez went to, was going to get Lewis. Oh, what a fucking... Uh, John, in Nebraska, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. You know, uh, the plug that uh, Chris does great. Why don't we get Shelby involved in there? Is he just not reliable enough to do any plugs? 
Well, well, well. Mr. Dark Show himself. They call him the Dark Prince of Comedy. Who's showing up? Hopefully this does doesn't mean Bobby and Voss will call attempting to shit all over it. I uh you know, I didn't tell Bobby that I was coming in. Smart idea. Specifically. Smart. And I had to call him for another reason. Yeah. And uh, I was not, I was going to lie to him. He didn't answer his phone, but I was going to lie to him. And it, it, when he was asking me what I was doing, I was like, yeah, dude, I'm just hanging out at home with the baby. That's it. I'm out of town um, doing craft work right now. Uh, all right. Now, I see previews for you on The Last Comic Standing. I, I am. Rumor has it. I am on tonight's episode of Last Comic Standing. But you're not allowed to say. I'm not allowed to say if I'm, I think I'm allowed to say that I'm on the episode. I'm not yeah. allowed to say that I am the winner of Last Comic Standing, which I think I just fucked up. Oh yeah, you're not allowed to say that. I'm not. But you, look, you're, you, we're not allowed to know if you moved on or not. You're not allowed to know any details. But yeah. I, I will tell you this: I am a force. Um, I did, and it was a little weird because we did the show with the lights on in the theater. That is odd. It was so I was uncomfortable. Yeah, but I think overall I, I looked pretty good on the show. So we'll see what happens. Well, here's the thing: you look like college student <laughs> gangster. <laughs> here's what's funny, dude. I haven't shaved my head. You want to see how really fucking yeah. bad it gets? Look at this. It's a wow. mess. I, I look like uh, I, in the in the commercial I say kidnap a college student, right? But I look like I kidnap, carve up, <laughs> rape their dead body. Like my hair is such a fucking mess right now. No. How often do you got to do the shave down? I should do it probably every three days, mm -hmm. um, but I don't. I'm just lazy, man. I, and you know, when you got a girl and you got a kid, mm -hmm. and you're you're just kind of like uh, you're set, you're settling settled into life. The last thing I want to think about is just shaving my head every day. Here's the thing: grooming is not masculine. We know this. We know that we were once cowboys riding across the West, eating beef jerky in the same dirty underwear for months at a time. It's the truth, and that's what women are attracted to on like a subconscious level. A woman right. doesn't want a guy who's fucking manscaping and powdering his balls all the time. A woman wants a manly man who's going to be able to go and kill meat and bring it home and feed it to her. So now you're telling me that no girl is crazy about a sharp-dressed man. I, that the song is absolutely a lie. A sharp-dressed man is a turn-off. I would think that on on a real subconscious level, instinctually, what women want is they want a manly guy. They don't want a guy who's overly concerned with how they look. But look, there's another, there's a million other things out there because the truth is, women also like dudes who have a lot of money. So if a guy spends a lot of time and a lot of money on the way that he looks, that's another thing that kind of sets their their things off. Maybe what we should, you know, what would help us? I think if we want to pick up women, clear wallets. I don't think a lot of people understand that a good, clear wallet could and have every dime on you you own. This is where black guys are smart. They have every single dime that they're either wearing around their neck or, or on that roll. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, what do they call it, peacocking? Is that what it is? Peacocking. Okay. That's a, that's a thing out there, right? Yeah, all right. I'm going to go with it. <laughs>
It's like the pickup artist. He's like wearing a top hat and just some fancy shirt to look like stand out in the crowd, but nope. you end up looking like a douchebag. What are you talking about? A pick? What's the pickup artist? He, the the guy named Mystery. I guess that's not. He's not the. That's what he calls himself, the pickup artist. I think he had some reality show, but he calls himself like the pickup artist. He oh, he was like, from the game, the the book, yeah. the game. Okay. He's like, and he dresses like, uh, kind of like Kid Rock, like Pimp Rock style. Okay, right? smart move. Very, dressing uh, like Kid Rock. Very strange, man. Yeah, that he guy. looks more like Boy George to me. <laughs> That's a Boy George hat. Um, he should do comedy in the dark, actually. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tunes, Tunes, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, Ronnie. Good yeah. afternoon. Hi, everybody. Hey. Uh, I saw the uh, Otto and George tribute show last night with uh, Joe Conti and uh, Chips Cooney, uh, Johnny O, and, and Bob Levy just killed it. He's just one of the funniest guys, and, and they all... Had a moment where they blew a joke and they, you know, and they thought back and they, they told a couple of Otto stories and, uh, or uh, Otto and George stories and it was just an amazing, amazing night. It's really weird when you think of that. Otto's dead and then Don Rickles is alive. <laughs> and that's like amazing when you saw how old Don Rickles was on that show. Did you get a chance to I see didn't that? Get to, I saw the pictures of him. He yeah. He's a, a walking nightmare. He couldn't you know, stand up. He actually had to be help standing up. But he sat in his seat and fucking crushed. Yeah. He just took the mic at 88 years old and ran down some of the funniest people in the history of the world, just fucking crushed them, and then, you know, they wheeled them out. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Has he, has he like, deteriorated a lot over the past year? I saw him on something, like, a year ago, and he looked good. Yeah, it happens when you get older. Yeah, man. You know, when you start, or when you live the kind of life Hicks has lived. Yeah, things go bad fast. Why are you fucking standing up? Sit down. Dude, when, you like, say, when you say Hicks, you can't be referring to Pepper. You're, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming you thought, I was thinking of Bill Hicks. No, that's he, who he tries to steal his name from. <laughs> See, here's the thing. You stand over us like a fucking vulture. Like there's something doom-like. Like, can I make sure I don't put that song on for you? Yeah. Do you really just surround yourself with guys that look the same? It's like Big J and, and Pepper, yeah. and then guys who have the same voices. So it's Fen, right. Fez, and yeah. uh, fucking Shelby. Shelby. It's true. I go either for Big and Gruff or Little and Effeminate. That's the two <laughs> extremes in my life. If we can find just a big, hairy, gruff guy with that voice. Do you know, I knew, I probably knew Fez when he was Shelby's age. And just like Shelby, he used to say he wasn't gay then. And like Shelby, he didn't date. I wasn't interested in dating. Shelby, are you uh, are you gay? Not gay. Straight as How do you know? Why would you say it that way, though? You said it in a weird way. I'm not gay. <laughs> say it a different way. I don't know. <laughs> you get asked that a lot, though? Yeah. Why don't you embrace it, then? I can't embrace something I'm not. But you would be... You're, you're prime gay age and look right now. You wouldn't be buying a fucking drink. You'd be going out to Fire Island every weekend. I know. It's not, it's not fair that I'm not gay. It's, not, it's a bad thing. You're not gay because you tried and failed at it, or you just didn't try? I, th I think I can just know. I don't have to... I know I probably wouldn't be great at riding a motorcycle either. I don't really have to try it. What? I think you could ride a motorcycle. First of all, you look great on a motorcycle. Thanks. Those fucking lips flapping in the wind. I know. Um, what is the gayest thing you've done? Because I've done some gay things in my life. And I'm, a, I'm like a manly dude. What's the gayest thing you've done? Um, I mean, me and Big J used to have gay off competitions uh -huh. with our buddy Justin Silver um, from CBS's Dogs in the City. 
Um, That's good that you give all of his. I wanted. <laughs> I want people to know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, we used to have competitions, and literally, there was no audience. We were just on a roof by ourselves, just to be funny, mm -hmm. to see who can just take it to like a gayer level. Right. So I think uh, Big J he picked up a an unchewed stick of gum that Justin had rested on the tip of his penis, and he picked it up with his teeth. Off his penis. Off his penis. That's as gay as you, I think almost as gay as you could possibly get. No, he didn't win. What? I won the competition. Are you crazy? No. I, are you, I'm not going to let him outdo me. This is where my competitive spirit comes in. Yeah. Because then I, and it, look, see, that was very creative what he did. And Big yeah. J, I will tell you right now, very creative guy. Check him out on The Dark Show, June 5th, next week. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. Um, who knows I, what he's going to be doing in the dark? I know. This is the, the nerve-wracking thing about The Dark Show. Yeah. Anything can happen. Which, uh, honestly, I, Joe List, he said that he did, uh, on the last, he said he did the show with his dick out the whole time. And nobody knew, which is great. Um, he does every show that way, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I touched my my tongue. I touched my tongue to Justin Silver's scrotum. Just touched the tongue. And uh, we by had the way, this is just the three of you sitting on a rooftop doing this. Yeah, just to be funny. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just to be gay. I don't think that they're, you know. You know, I got literally no sexual thrill out of it. Mm, but he. it's just to make each other laugh. Because that, I th that's the thing with my friends. Being funny is more important than saving face. It's more right. funny than, it's, it's more important than being but, embarrassed. But let me ask you this. When you touched his fucking balls with your tongue, did you notice that the corner of his dick moved at all? Did it just fucking <laughs> bounce? It's just fluffing up. Because <laughs> that would be really gay. That's the funny part. Is Justin really is probably actually gay. And he's just laughing as we're just filleting. Leading him on a rooftop. Right, you got me. Oh, you guys are winning. <laughs> you guys are winning. You guys are hilarious. Yeah. Which is gayer, touching your tongue to a scrotum or having somebody touch their tongue to your scrotum? I would say tongue to scrotum. Yeah, that's gayer. Yeah. That's definitely gayer. Yeah, because that's like saying, what's gayer, sucking a cock or having your cock sucked? I mean, I don't think this is close. <laughs> like you're tasting the genital meat, right? <laughs> well, look. Here's the thing. There was there was some the, uh, a debate as to whether or not I licked Justin's balls, uh -huh. and I didn't lick his balls. There's a there's a major difference between touching your tongue to something and actually licking. I think licking you have to swipe the tongue a little uh, bit. Oh yeah, just use your finger on the mic to show us exactly it was, how it, it was like this. Just a little ping, and then you're out, and then I'm out. You just. Touched your tongue on it. We all laughed. Yeah, yeah everyone went crazy. Like, jumped. I can't believe that. <laughs> Did it make that ping noise? It made that ping noise. It was like, it's a magical... Now, you've done more... You've done gayer things than the guy on the show who calls himself gay has done. Really? Fez, you haven't actually done gay things? No, I've never uh, had a tip of the tongue to the scrotum or chewed gum off a, of a dickhead. None of that. Did, did you Did you ever get some male tit? No. Hmm. Not Fez, even that. Fez, get your balls in here. Good. I'm going to touch my tongue to your balls. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Am I going to sit here and not touch my tongue to Fez's balls when I did it on a rooftop for no reason with no audience? There's thousands of people listening but, right now. But see, here's the thing. You, that would be even gayer because you're touching your tongue to a bald, uh, a gay guy. I said bald guys for some I, reason. I think that that's kind of a hateful way to think, Ron, mm -hmm. honestly. I, I, whether he's gay or straight, I'm not going to discriminate as to whether or not I touch my tongue to his balls. It's brave of you. Thanks, Shelb. Um, I'm a hero. Hey, uh, all right, this is Howard, who you grew up with. He's an intern for us now. Love how, Howard. How you, how you doing, buddy? How's it going, Ron? Yeah. Uh, so, 
I, I'm surprised Lewis hasn't mentioned the time that he actually on. Well, there's two different occasions because I remember seeing the video where he uh, sucked off a dildo that was sticking out of Robert Kelly's pants. That's not gay. That's a dildo, Howard. <laughs> right, but it was. You're pretty much right now. So, I, by the way, the gayest I, thing I think I can think of here is uploading that video and watching it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I know for a fact you didn't you make out with Dan at one point. All right, so the, yeah, there was a kid that we went to high school with. Okay, that there, like, dude, this it's in my act actually. Um, it's a, this is the thing. My sister told me that I made out with this kid one time when we were in like high school. Somebody dared me for five bucks. Right. Um, and the point I'm making is completely in the realm of possibility. Look, five, look, I'm not going to do it for five bucks. That's not that's not funny, and it's not enough money. Okay, so that that's just kind of sad. If I was going to do it, I'd do it to either be funny or it's a lot of money on the line. I don't remember it. I just don't remember this ever happening. But nine people do. So now it's like fuck me up because I don't know what gay shit I've done in my past that I'm now like suppressing. You know. Mm-hmm. So that, that. So you were drunk. And they said you made five bucks making out with a dude, but you don't remember it. I don't remember it at all. I really don't believe that that actually happened. But I did suck a fake dildo out of Robert Kelly's cock. There's a video of that. And see, here's the weird thing. Last Comic Standing doesn't care if you're saying this kind of stuff. But they can't <laughs> give away any of the details. It seemed to me, if I was NBC, I'd say stop telling these stories. Well, here's what's funny. I yeah. I went, when I got on Last Comic Standing, I was freaking out. Yeah. Because it's network TV. I'm, dude, I do fucking podcasts right. and, and satellite radio. I, I'm not like, I, I don't have to have to worry about standard and practices or yeah. offending anybody. And it was the first time where I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, I have to actually worry about the rancid, horrific shit that I've not only said uh, that's been recorded, but right. that's that I've done on video. So I actually went out and I got everything off the internet, like everything. The, all the videos and pictures of me sucking the dildo out of Robert Kelly's crotch, gone, completely gone. I'm seeing the YouTube video sent to private. Private, right boom, because I emailed the guy who put it up there and I was like, hey, dude, this is really weird, but can you just set that... <laughs> that video of me sucking You're up now trying to do a, a complete wipe on your whole life. You're trying to wipe <laughs> it clean, CIA style. Yeah, dude. Let, let me tell you something, dude. If they, if they really researched at all the type of guy they had on the show, there's no fucking way they would have let me on that show. Yeah, I remember you saying, uh, posting stuff like you were trying to make your act clean. I'm like, what the hell is he trying to make his act clean for? Next thing I know, I see him flashing up on Last Comic Standing. It's like, oh. We're, we're that advanced where we can't say anything about the show. Yeah, dude, it's it's a weird thing, man. And that's like, and by the way, I talked to some people. Actually, Mike Lawrence, we had a conversation about it, and he was just kind of not complaining about the process, but he was just saying, like, he was like, "Oh, this isn't really what comedy is. We have to clean things up, and we have to send send in our sets to have them reviewed by five different departments." And I think that's kind of a microcosm of what stand up comedy is. You, you're given limitations, right. whether it's you know a comedy club owner who doesn't want you to use the n word, or you're on a network, you know, TV program that you can't you know there's a lot of restrictions i think that is kind of what stand-up comedy is can you be funny with these certain parameters that are set around you mm -hmm. I, ideally we all want to be fucking louie and wear a t-shirt on letterman and hold your mic and do whatever the fuck you want to do but you have to get to that level where those parameters don't exist anymore and you kind of create your own parameters so i'm at the very bottom and no matter who you know i mean at some point you know like i don't know you look at david letterman he gets shit all the time. He gets said, like, hey, we don't want you doing that bit. Mm -hmm. And he's fucking David Letterman and has been doing late night TV for 40 years. And he's still got some suit coming down going, do we really need to be pushing the president this hard on this? Right. You know? 
Can't you you think of something funnier to do than make fun of the Kardashians, baby? Because we have, you know, we're tied in with that network. Everyone's got to put up with shit. That's the thing of life. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that it's, uh, I think the better of a comic you are, the more comfortable you are in all of these little weird situations. So you think the cleanest comics are the best? Not Um, the comics who put their tongues on men's scrotums. No, no, no. I think that uh, the funniest comics are the best. Clean Mm. or not clean. I I mean, there's some amazing clean comics like uh, my son's godfather, Nate Bargatze. Unbelievable. Mm. Squeaky clean. He's never said a curse word into a microphone ever. There's no recordings of him cursing at all. Um, And he's unbelievable. He's brilliant. But then there's somebody like Big J, who's one of my best friends, who he's literally the filthiest person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, His mind is just dirty. He he, He couldn't write a clean joke. He didn't get into Last Comic Standing because he did a joke about sh- a gr- girls needing to shave their asshole hair. I think, and that's not good enough for NBC at nine o'clock. Which word <laughs> they don't ble- want to hear that. Which word we bleep in that sentence? Well, here's the thing: that's where you find out where the line is yeah. when you go out there, <laughs> and it's asshole hair. That's that's the line now. Now, if we did all these comedy shows in the dark, it wouldn't matter if she had asshole hair. Good way, turn way to turn it around, Shelby. Why don't you do your little? Your, I thought you were going to be plug boy. Oh, he doesn't even have his plug oh, with him. No. It's the Can I call show. him Plug Boy? Is yeah, that okay? Yeah, Plug Boy for his asshole. <laughs> Go ahead, Chubby. The Dark Show, that's going to be happening next Thursday, June 5th, at Stand Up Labs New York. That is right above the regular Stand Up New York, located at 236 West 78th Street. Now, did you draw the last time? Did people show up for yeah, this? Yeah, it wasn't completely sold out because we had a. Once we start the show, we can't let anybody oh, else that's in. That's a good point. Because, uh, I mean, everyone has blindfolds and it's completely pitch black. So we, we were at like 90% capacity. It's just a little small room. But how long does the show last? One hour. Man, I don't even know if I can sit with a blindfold on for an hour. Dude, it's a little weird. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a little bit weird. Here's the thing. The experience the first time going in, it was definitely different than I thought it was going to be. It's It turned into kind of this surreal kind of... Like you, the way I gotta compare it is, if you went to go see Gravity in 3D, right. the way you felt like you were in space, it almost felt like you were floating. Like halfway through my set, I was like, "Dude, I'm getting fucked up right now." It was like scary, dude. As soon as right. when we when we blacked out the room and just tested it out, I was like, "Dude, this is terrifying right now. It's creepy." And a, as a performer, you can hear everything. You could hear everybody breathing. There's some Puerto Rican girls in the back, and they were like, every time they'd be like, oh, that was funny. You just really, <laughs> you really picked up on every little sound, and it was a, it was a cool experience. We got a couple cool write-ups. Um, I think we have, uh, I think we have some more people coming out the, to this next one. Um, already, I think we're almost at capacity. I think we have Shelby, like 10 why don't you go left. to this and write it up for the iBank? No, I want you to go there and write it up. Yeah, I'll come be, be my guest. I'll, I'll buy you a couple beers. Can you? How old are you? Can you drink? Yeah. Okay. How old are you? I am. Uh, last time I checked, twenty three. Why do you got to be a wise ass? Why <laughs> you? You know you look fucking fourteen. I could probably get you on a little league team. I work clean. Without... I prefer Wise Acre. <laughs> you don't work. So how do you get people from the stage, like, off well, and wait, on? Wait, hold like, on. Did somebody ask you to come in and start interviewing? <laughs> You're the fucking plug king. That's your fucking job. Plug. You're plug, plug boy. boy. Yeah. And plug boy, more one day, plug boy will someday be plug king. <laughs> You're working your way up to plug prince right now. That'd be great. And more information on this show is available at gomezcomedy.com. Yeah. I, buy, I buy a lot of domain names. You can go to realassdude.com. You can go to gomezcomedy.com. LewisJGomezComedy.com. 
Uh, John from Massachusetts. Uh, thanks, Howard. Talk to you later, buddy. No problem. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Uh, I hate days that Howard's not in here, too. John, what's hey, up, guys. buddy? Hey, Lewis. I'll bet Pepper Hicks would make out with another guy for a thousand bucks, and he's broke, and it's because he's straight. But you're gay. But that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Just, you know, come out and accept it. Well, why, why are you saying that he's gay? Because of the bit that he did? Because just a, a straight guy and how quick he jumped to put his mouth on Fez's uh, balls or scrotum or whatever. It's like, Mom. it's not just for money. Why would you want to do that if you, you know? Here's the okay. weird thing. Not if, that there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, if you were like Fez and you were a 70-year-old gay virgin and a fucking <laughs> kid said, oh, I'll put my tongue in your balls and you didn't come running in here with your fucking pants around your ankles, <laughs> it goes back to what I say, asexual. And he wants to take Shelby out for a drink right after that. You know what? <laughs> I might be gay. You might be a little gay. This guy has okay. some points. I, I want to sit here and be angry at him, but I actually might be gay. I never thought of it that way. Or have a gambling okay. problem. <laughs> I'm like uh, I'm like uh, Morty McFly. You can't call me chicken. Yeah, that's true. He's yeah. not going to Did he just call him. me chicken? I'm going to yeah. suck his dick right now. And we didn't even have to get the block, block, block thing. You just did it on the word. Uh, bring it up. Uh, Chris, could you make out with a guy for a thousand bucks? It has to be more than that. It's fucking make out with a dude. Now, at the same time, could you hit a guy in the, in the head with a brick for a thousand bucks? No, I still have to be more. If I don't want to like kill a dude, I'm going to go to fucking prison. No, Can I, I, I actually had to burst his fucking brains in. I see you had to hit him in the head with a brick. All right, then, yeah, sure, for a thousand. I'm not, I'm not killing him. All right, by the way, yeah. that guy that you're hitting? Yeah. President of the United States, oh, so you're fucked. God. So and it's a hate crime. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a gay. He's gay, too, so it's put a gay that, hate crime. Put that G in my commissary. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hitting some fucking I'll ramen. Take it, I'll take it in cigarettes. Yeah, and Reese's cups. <laughs> Could you Let imagine me, if you were in jail, how fucking depressed you'd find out if they didn't have Reese's cups? Oh my like, God. what are you? What's no, the whole point no. of this? Suicide. Couldn't Where's my it. belt? Let me let me ask you a question because you said a thousand bucks you wouldn't make out with a dude, and I think I could I think I could disconnect and tongue kiss a dude for a thousand bucks right now. <laughs> yeah, it's the end of the month. Rents due. I could do it right now. Right. Um, what would you rather do? Because um, this is always interesting. I ask people this: Would you rather hold a guy's dick in your hand yeah. or open mouth kiss him? You got to choose one. A thousand bucks on the table, you do one. All right, then I'd, I'd hold this guy's cock. Hold his cock. It, yeah. it, it would be more out. comfortable for you to hold a guy's cock Ugh. than it would be to kiss him. Yeah, because it seems more passive just to All hold. All right, let me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> Your girlfriend's dying. Okay, oh, God. She's going to die. No, he's die. just saying that. It's a separate issue. Yeah, she's going to die yeah. unless you suck on that cock of some fucking dude. Yeah. Good looking guy. Yeah. And swallow the cum. Do you do it? Yeah, I just fucking chug that cum. I'll chug it. Yeah. I'll save your life. Any fucking reason to say that. Any reason you go out of your way to find a reason. <laughs> What's my I'm gonna reason? call him Pepper Dicks. Yeah. You would have done it for a Klondike bar. <laughs> she she couldn't be any healthier. Yeah. Although when you take her away on vacation every time she almost dies. <laughs> hey, sometimes you know, you ice cubes are dangerous. <sighs> this the rapper? No, the actual ice cubes of foreign water. Well, okay. <laughs> Everyone's got to be on the inside to know where you were. I, I get an anti-Mexican joke. Believe me. I understand. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. What is your price to make out with a dude? 75 grand after taxes. 
What? That's way too much. I want no. $75,000. Dude, come on. If somebody put 2500 in cash on the table right now, nobody's in the room. No, I don't you want to make it Shelby, because look at his fucking lips, dude. No, it's I even like worse. That. I like his beard. What job 30 are you... seconds. 30 seconds. No. Yes. For $2,500. That's a lot, by the way. A lot. That's 30 seconds a long no. time. Take twenty-five grand. Uh, 2500 I'm not making out with Shelby. All those guys it. have been in the stick-up for fucking 2500 <laughs> You don't friend. normally get more than that if you rob a gas station. I'd rather rob a gas money. station. <laughs> but you ain't, normally you rob a gas station, you come up with like four hundred. <laughs> I'll do it for eight fifty. Eight fifty, you would do it for? Sure. Who would you make out with? Fez. I prefer Chris. Again, the beard. It's not gonna happen. You, you got a fucking mustache in the other room. It's great looking. Mm, pass. It's like a beard, just higher. <laughs> Seriously, you would make out with Chris before Fez. Yeah. That means he's attracted to me. The cat's out of the bag, big boy. Yeah, well, the fucking delete twins, I can't get them together. <laughs> can't get them to move, can't get them to make out. Chris, you came off as literally the most anti-gay person I've ever met in my life. How so? Because you fucking would do anything for money, and I've seen you eat food out of a trash can. That happened once. <laughs> <laughs> and it was on top. Twenty five hundred, I think, is enough to kiss a dude. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. That's to me. I wouldn't kiss a dude. That's like where I draw the line. I get that. Like, I, I think it's funny to like. You know, if, you know, if my fucking friend pulls his dick out, I'll smack it. That's hilarious to me. Um, or fucking like, you know, dude, whatever. Like, it, that's it's all funny. It really is just dick meat. It's a little weird the first time you touch dick meat. Sure. But after a few times, it just you get a little desensitized to it. I don't think we got to call it dick meat. I think you could leave it a dick, and we would know what you're saying. <laughs> Dick meat just makes it sound like the most disgusting thing in the world. See, now you're being hateful. Oh, yeah. Ron? Yeah. Thought we were united mm -mm. for the gay community. No. It was just Pepper. No. No, I'm from the South and I vote Republican. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to try to, I go out of my way to try to stop those people from marrying or adopting or being able to teach kids in schools. Asians? Yeah. yeah. I get it. I don't trust the Asians. I kind of neither do I in a very real way. Mm -hmm. Sorry if there's any Asian listeners out there. Every video you see of like disturbing shit of people abusing children online, it's always some fucking Chinese people abusing them. How? There was just I watched one video the other day. It's just a woman. There's a baby who couldn't be a day older than three months, and she's just hitting him in the head with a pillow over and over again for six minutes. He failed the spelling test. <laughs> Korean mothers, they want those kids to really be able to fucking spell. Some crazy tiger mom shit. Just literally beating this crying baby. I felt so bad about it. And they're also just... Uh, it's uh, just a show. I don't know if it's like older Asians. They're, they're just kind of rude. I, I've heard in their culture, once you get older, you kind of... You get a pass to kind of be rude to younger generations. It's like kind of part of coming to... You know, into your old age. And, uh, dude, they're just fucking rude, man. They Every time I order Chinese food, they call me fat. Have you noticed that? They're very calm. Like, dude, I'm spending money at your establishment. And then they go to give you two forks. I'm like, no, I only need one fork. And they're like, oh, you're too fat. <laughs> you fucking mind? I'm, I will never come here again. So where's Yelp? I'm going to go to Yelp right now. They don't care what Yelp says. God By the way, it. I think I'm getting to the point now that there's no such thing as a good Chinese restaurant. I'm down to the point where I know they're not eating the food that they're handing out. 
There's and you cool. can't go anywhere in America and not run into a bad Chinese restaurant. And it's the, the same exact pictures. It's like the it's, same pictures, same deep fried fucking <laughs> chicken nuggets. It seems like they're three D printing out just fucking Asian uh, restaurants. It's nuts. I'm glad you brought it into this century. That's right. Three <laughs> D printing. It's like they're paying for these places with it's like, Bitcoin. It's like they're drone, <laughs> like they're droning this stuff in. Don't be delivery boys anymore. Ah oh, shit. Yeah, there's a great place in Gramercy. Unbelievable Chinese place called. Wait, but is it like a regular street place or like? No, a nice, it's like a nice sit down. Yeah, place. I don't mean that. I know that there's nice Chinese, but I mean every takeout place. Okay, they're all just care, shitty. Yeah, I don't care where you are; they're all terrible. You got your show starting any minute, though. I got. Oh yeah, I got. I'm gonna have to run out of here. Um, yeah, guys, uh, check out the Dark Comedy Show. He's gonna be there. Shelby's gonna be there. Shelby's gonna come. You're gonna give a review of it. Yeah, in will, the dark. It will be in the dark. The review will be on the iBang and the show. Will be happening next Thursday, June fifth, at Stand Up Labs, New York. Yeah, unbelievable lineup: Big J, Dan Soder, both regulars on the show. Love these guys, Mark Normand, he's been on the show. Love them. Rob so Cantrell, Adrian Iapolucci. Yeah. What's with those two? They don't like us. <laughs> no, they got a fucking problem with us all of a sudden. They, they're too light in here. <laughs> Adrian might be the funniest female comic working today. She all is right, well, let's so funny. Make sure you book her. Really good. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thank I you so much, man. I appreciate it. Week. Hundred percent. Guys, okay. see you later. See it. And Lewis is also on the SiriusXM's Tap Out Radio every Thursday from two to four p.m. Right now, right you now, can just turn us <laughs> off and run over there right now. Listen to him. Sports Zone ninety two and the SiriusXM app. Well, look who it is. Speaking of last comic standing, Jimmy Schubert on the line from the West Coast. Shuby, how are you? Good, guys. How you doing, man? Well, luckily, Big J. Okerson is not here, so I can talk to you for a second. <laughs> Last week, I could barely get out a word to you. Sh- uh, hit that, Shelps. Um, so, are you on the on the show tonight? Tonight? I'm sorry, I'm sorry Ryan. Say that again. I lost you for a minute. What was are, that? are you on the show tonight, or you don't know where you pop up in it? No, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, I was on the premiere... It was just two episodes. I think not. I think tonight's episode and next week's episode are they, they're sifting through the rest of uh, the rest of the hundred. So they got to go down to twenty, and then and then from there they go down to ten, and then I guess the uh, you know the reality portion of the show starts where you're competing against each other. And you go, know, well, I think I'm funnier than and all that stuff. Well, as funny as you were on Last Comic Standing last week. I even thought that the, your set on Intel's Underground was even stronger. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I love that show. I think David Tell's Comedy Underground is probably the coolest uh, show with comedians. I, I, I just love that they give the audience all GoPros and yeah. they shoot it like that. And I, I think it's great. It's a strong, strong show. So this is really the summer of Schubert has started. He destroys on a Tell's Comedy <laughs> Underground. Are we officially calling it the summer of Schubert? I don't know what happens in September. You die. I don't know what's going to go on. But let's have this. Let's have this summer of Schubert. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, it's good. That, you know, man, I've been doing this a long time. It's nice to get a. It's nice to get some, uh, I haven't done a lot of late night television. I don't know why. I've always wanted to. Right. But, uh, last comic standing. And the thing I like about it is coming up with those clean sets every week. I mean, 
that's really the challenge for me is presenting these. And I don't, you know, I don't work like, like I like to come up with a premise and just write it for the four minutes and 30 seconds. And uh, so we'll, we'll see what, uh, you know, that's the challenge of it. Being TV clean, operating inside that box and see how many we can do. So you have some, I guess they do tape things. And then eventually this is going to come around live, Jimmy? Yeah, I think so, Ronnie. I mean, I'm into competition. I don't know all the details, but it's like, you know, once we get down to the semifinals, then you're down to the top ten, and then we're going to have some challenges and some things we're going to do, and then we're going to have to, I guess, save ourselves for the stand-up. And I can't, I can't wait to see this uh, start and play itself out. I'm, ha- I'm happy for you, Jimmy. Seriously, uh, no, Ronnie, I appreciate it, man. I mean, you know, it's just nice to get a little national attention here, and uh, I'm just. Uh, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I, I guess I got to figure it out. You know, after 25 years, <laughs> you should. Yeah, been in drunk people. I finally figured it out. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's 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 cool, man. It really is cool. I actually really love that they brought the show back. I think, uh, you know, I think what's good for comedy is good for comedians. So I think for them to showcase, you know, a comedian's process and the way people work, and to actually give them like a national platform. I think it's going to be really good for stand-up. You know, like like people's careers have their ups and downs. I think stand-ups have its ups and downs. Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's not. And it seems like, you know, it's coming back a little bit. I think people are really digging it. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I know here in the city it seems like it's uh, 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 popping bigger than it, it has in the last couple of years as well. But that, yeah. you know, uh, that might have be also with them just bringing The Tonight Show back to New York. Seems like it's yeah. got a lot more excitement. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's pretty cool, man. I, I'm uh, I'm digging it. We'll, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But I, I mean, as as I go through this, I'll keep checking in with you guys and let you know where we're at and how it's going and, uh, and and everything like that. But I yeah, I, I mean, I was really uh, I was really happy with the Intel thing, you know, because they had to do a little bit of editing. But you know, David Tell took care of all the editing himself. Yeah. You know? Because you said Comedy Central looks at comedians like Romanian orphanages, you look at uh, children. You know, like when it comes to like editing their sets. I mean, I say that in jest, but I mean, he did work his butt off, and, and it turned out great. Man, I love the show. I think it's cool. I, I think it's the best stand-up show, the best way to present stand-up that I've ever seen before. I really yeah. do. I, I agree with you 100. percent And man, boy, he's got a, he's got a really loyal fan base, and I, you know, as, as nuts as my Twitter feed was on Last Comic Standing. I mean, David Dell's crowd, man, they really lit it up. And they were just, you know, uh, so I'm getting a little bit of love right now. And I, I, I'm really, uh, you know, I'm thankful. <laughs> last summer was not the summer of Schubert. <laughs> yes, last, you deserve right? summer. You, the, the, it was the summer of love, and now we've jumped in the summer of Schubert. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right, buddy, we'll talk to you later on. But thanks for checking in with us. Thanks, Ronnie. I'll talk to you guys All right, soon, peace. Uh, Last Comic Standing airs tonight at 10, 9 Central on NBC, and you can see Jimmy perform at Flappers in Burbank, California, this upcoming Saturday, May 31st. Um, at Flappers. All right, let's do this, and we're going to give out some prizes. We'll come back and do Living Like Tito. Living Like Tito. I want you guys to think about it, and callers call in, did you ever do that one brave thing in your life that you are proud of, that set your life in a certain direction? Give us a call, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 
Ron Zero Fez. Was there ever a time in your life where you say, I'm taking my shot? I mean, for me, living like Tito is always the Rocky story. Now, to me, it's only about the first Rocky. Because later on, it's like, oh, you won the championship, and you did that. No, the first Rocky was, he wasn't even good enough to be in that ring, but he willed it. And he didn't even set out to win, he was just making sure he went the distance. And everyone knows that all that really takes is that kind of bravery, and that kind of never say no. So I want you guys to think, did you ever do anything completely exciting could be done with business could be done personal maybe you left maybe you took the jump off a fucking reservoir dam like i did when i was in ninth grade knowing i shouldn't jump off that dam and on the way down i'm thinking to myself worst thing i've ever done as the water i'm way under the water oh this was a bad idea but then you pop back up your friends are screaming and you're like Greatest fucking move I've ever made. I'm the guy who jumped off the reservoir. Those are the kinds of things I'm talking about. You ever make that move? We'll come back. Living like Tito. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I will tell you this. If we like your story, you're going to our big-ass prize closet. For Living Like Tito, it's the Ron Fez Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Fez show, living like Tito, our buddy Tito, who I did an interview with this here a while back and amazed us all of just doing that thing that's chasing the American dream, where he decided to start his own business making vodka. And when you think about that, you have to figure out how to make vodka. First of all, make it so no one dies when they drink it. You know what I mean? Like it's. Your first time of making that. It's not like baking a cake, you know. Then you have to make it so it's FDA approved. And then you have to turn around and make it better than the Russians. Because the last thing people need is, oh, I have a new product that's not as good as the existing product. And then even when you make it, you got to go out and sell it, market it, and keep it going. And, uh, but that kind of success is the cool stuff. So, uh, we're going to be doing this living like Tito all summer long, as long as we can keep it going. Um, of what have you done in your life that gave you that Tito moment where you felt like, yes, I took the shot 
and I'm happy that I did. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here is Jim in Ohio. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey. Um, I'm not going to lie. My story is pretty much boring compared to Tio's. Um, but, uh, you know, I got, a, I got a degree in engineering. I got a master's degree in business. And I, I worked for a big uh, utility company for about 15 years. Then I was in the uh, energy business and oil company for another, say, four or five years. And about eight years ago, I quit and uh, just started my own kind of energy consulting business. Um, and, you know, it was to leave that corporate world type of thing and security. You know, everyone was asking me, well, what are you going to do about a 401k and you know, all that kind of right. corporate stuff. And, and so for me, it was a big jump. It wasn't, like I said, it's boring. It's not, uh, you know, it's not building a rocket or anything, but, um, yeah, for me, it was a big jump, jump to leave that, but uh, I don't regret it at all. So, You know, you keep playing it down, but the fact of the matter is you chose your destiny. Yeah. You yeah. chose your destiny, I say, living like Tito. Welcome to the Summer of Tito's on the Ron and Fez Show. I actually did oil business, and then I got in the uh, in the environmental business, and then I got in the mortgage business, and into the vodka business. My band Grin struck out in New York City. I was 17. I just hit the road. I had a very strange route, and I, I went to LA as a probation officer. I lasted one day. It's time to tell us how you're living like Tito. Uh, I went to LA, and there was a vacancy sign on a motel, and I checked in, and there they were, sitting with uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, uh, Jadis Joplin and uh, Jim Morrison. I snuck backstage all the time and asked for advice. Luckily, at the cellar door, Neil Young handed me his guitar. said, sing a song, sing another. I wound up singing five or six tracks. And long story short, I wound up, Neil Young calls and says, I want you to do this project after the gold rush. They called Tito's Handmade Vodka, Homegrown Symphonic Spirit to Applaud, and likened it to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. Visit them at titosvodka.com. Chris, did you put that together? Yes, I did. All right. I like it a lot. Um, but I happen to know that was Shep Gordon on there. Yeah. And also Nils Lofgren. Yeah. Now, that's a kind of a cool thing, but we should probably do something where you talk about people living like Tito. Because Nils is a great story because he talked about being 18 years old. I'll, I'll always remember him being in here. Nils Lofgren, of course, was a great guitar player and plays with the E Street Band now as well as having his own solo career. But he talked about how timidly he played the piano on After the Gold Rush. And I remember when I had to be like, I probably was like 11 or 12 years old. It was one of those albums that I took from my brother <laughs> and started playing it. And that piano, for whatever reason, killed me as a kid. Just killed me. And I always thought to myself, that might be the most, the saddest, most beautiful sound I've ever heard. And it was Nils. And at the time, he didn't even really play the piano. He was no. Nervous about it. So, real Tito moment. All right, first guy is going in. Um,. And what did he win, Fez, or Chris? He won Mescalito, signed by Ryan Bingham. 
Mescalito, signed by Ryan Bingham. Uh, I would do production on all this stuff. You got great prizes. You ought to make it bigger than life, rather than just throwing it off. Fezzi, rather than just throwing these things off like it's like it's nothing. Real big production and put together. These are great, great prizes, and I love these kind of stories. Um, let's go over here to. Um, Let's go to Jason. Jason, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, Fez, Christopher. Yeah. Hey, Ron, uh, when I was 23 years old, I, I had a little crappy job, so I quit it. Just tried, it, uh, tried out for uh, professional wrestling school. Of course, they took me because they would take anybody with 1500 Right. Um, trained my ass off for a year. Started working independence. Got to wrestle Rhino on numerous occasions. Uh, Edge and Christian. Um, got to uh, meet a lot of the guys that I grew up liking and respecting in the business. Of course, I never got to make it, but the, the highest I ever got is I got to work as a security guard for a Raw at the Joe Louis Arena, and I mean, I got to live my dream, and of course, it's it never reached it, but at least I took a shot at it. Um, you know, but the, the beauty of it is it led you where? Oh, I'm sorry. I got to cut him out. Because I this whole thing of I never made it when he's just sitting around acting like I've done pro wrestling in my life. I, I find that just fascinating. A guy who said I grew up watching something and I took a shot. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We're talking about taking your Tito moment, that moment for yourself. That you said, I'm going to do something, maybe that some people think of as crazy, but I'm going to uh, chase it. Uh, here's John in North Carolina. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Tito's Vodka is probably the best vodka I've ever had. I'm originally from Russia, and my story is... Uh, when I came here to the United States, I didn't have a painting to my name, and I didn't even know how to speak English. Uh, basically, taught myself, um, and like I said, now I got a job, and you know I'm, I'm making money. How long have you I been here, that, dude? Uh, let's see, since 2003. How, how do you speak yeah. English without a Russian accent? Well, that you know the funny part is. My friends, they all tell me, because uh, I live in North Carolina, they say to me, listen, you sound like you're from New York or Boston. And I tell them, uh, well, I don't know why. Like, I guess my Russian accent mixes with, you know, my English, and it sounds like I'm from up north. All right, let but me just people, hear you. Let me hear you speak Russian. Слушай меня. Я тебе сказал, Kitos vodka это очень хороший product. And you really do think that it's better than Russian vodka? Uh, dude, by far, all my friends, I mean, my nickname, they call me the Russian, and like I said, they all come over and we hang out, and last Halloween when we threw like an epic party at my house, they all were surprised. When I told them, they said, they were all thinking that I was serving them uh, Russian vodka, and I was like, no, this is Tito's, and they were like, no way, and I was like, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, thanks for calling us, dude. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Looking for your Tito moment. What's something that you did that changed things in your life? Here's Brett in Tennessee. Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call, man. It's my job. 
Hey, uh, real quick, just a quick background on me. I was in a, uh, a dying industry, uh, basically, uh, it has to do with construction. And I, knew, I, I had to get out of this thing. So I worked my butt off ever since this interview. By the way, the interview, the first time he came in, that's what changed my life and my thinking. I went off, I quit my job, started a new industry after a lot of research. And what we do is we tear down old barns from Tennessee up through Kentucky and Ohio and old uh, bourbon mills. And we take that wood and we reclaim it into flooring and siding products. And let me tell you something. The hardest part is just quitting your job and taking that leap of faith. It is, it's difficult, but let me tell you, it has changed my life. Now. Um, you honestly, yeah. you you honestly did this because of the interview that that when Tito came the, in here. The very first time he came in, and he when he gave that interview, it blew my mind. Someone who had tried so many different things and then finally found the one thing he he, he was successful at. And that interview, along with uh, Gary Varnacek, who's one of the top uh, gurus on uh, social media, those mm-hmm. two guys have changed my life. You know, it's really it's very very interesting too because. Um, you know, there's no such thing as failure as long as you don't stop. You know, as exactly. long as you keep going. But we must have learned failure, maybe from the school system, you know, maybe being told that this or that. But when you really think about it, like, I don't know, probably all of us tried to play a guitar or <laughs> piano when we were in third grade or whatever. But just think if you, no matter how old you are, if you would have kept at it, how much better you would be now for having done that. You know, most yeah. no one would ever say, Hey, how long did it take you <laughs> to be able to start playing that song? So we, we forget that failure is very much part of the journey. Yeah. Do you mind if I get a quick plug for my company? I'd love it. All right. It's Plantation Reclaimed. And our slogan's basically, from the farm to your floors. Now, you take old barns, yep. uh, you take the wood out of it, uh, refinish that, and then put it in homes? And then put it in homes, that's correct. It's, it's a big It's a big uh, product. This, of course, everything starts in California. Mm-hmm. Well, all the wood generally is coming from my territory, and that's what got my brain triggered is, Hey, this stuff's right in my backyard. All these old barns are straight up through uh, the eastern United States, up through Kentucky and Ohio mainly. Yeah, and I I know from driving in that part of the world that you see so many of them, some unused now. Now, uh, why is that wood so much better? Why is it so in demand? The the character, first of all, it's a green product, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The character that is involved. When you tear this wood down, you've got to denail, take all the nails out. Well, these nail holes are left in the wood, and uh, certain lines and growth lines are, are left in there that you can't get with with new wood that's processed these days. I'm looking at pictures. Uh, Shelby, plug the the site again for people. PlantationReclaimed.com. Uh, and I'm looking at this wood. It is absolutely gorgeous. Thank so you. you've only been in this business for a couple of years. I've been in it. Actually, I've, I've researched it starting about two years ago. We just started it about six months ago, and it's we've been pretty successful at doing it. Um, these pictures are, are stunningly gorgeous. Thank you, sir. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, this is living like Tito, particularly since you said... You decided after hearing Tito you were going to go for it. I love it. 
big ass prize closet. All right, all right, all right. Tell him what he wins. He wins Footloose, signed by John Lithgow. That's Wait, a weird one. Thank you. All right. Uh, and this is brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka, distilled six times from 100% corn and naturally gluten-free. Visit us at titosvodka.com. Um, here is Matt in Wichita. Matt, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good, man. I, uh, after, uh, I was a big fat guy when I was 28, lost like 90 pounds. And then I decided I wanted to fight MMA, so I uh, I got in a gym and I, you know, worked my ass off. And then at 32 years old, I had my first amateur MMA fight, and I finished the guy in like two and a half minutes in the first round. And your point of doing this was just to show yourself that you could do it. Absolutely, I, I, I have no intention of going any further with it. It's just to prove to myself that I could do something, you know, like people that run marathons or something. This was just something I felt like I had to do. Had you and ever done anything the- really athletic in many, many years? Not in a lot of years. I wrestled in high school, but that was it. But how, how did you, went, you know, how'd you lose the weight? Uh, I started running and then actually jujitsu, which is kind of like the core of what I do. And it just, you know, I loved it and I fell in love with it. It's fun. Burns a lot of calories. I love it. Living like Tito. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. By the way, these uh, stories are always like a passion of mine because I always love... Well, you know that I do a lot of interviews. I talk to creative people all the time. Uh, and it's always kind of inspiring to me. And then I go to certain meetings where people have been lower than you could possibly imagine. I'm talking Chris Stanley low. Oh, Jesus. And then they did what Chris is, you know, won't do. Yeah. They face that fear and go in and take a look at themselves. And I've, I'm not even making this up. I've seen people that I would think of never, that were gone forever turn around and uh, become incredibly successful. Two separate homeless dudes and money is not the big part of it because I know a lot of guys working in service and just becoming dependent, uh, dependable to people in their lives and even other people but two dudes that were homeless that are multi-millionaires dudes that were living on the street sleeping under a bridge junkies one of them started a publication that all of you guys have heard of. <laughs> it's Shit. amazing what people can do. Um, and a big part of that is just taking that shot. Uh, Tito was uh, a guy that, for some reason, I guess because he also gives off the regular guy vibe, but he was able to describe his, his story in a way that people understood, uh, you know, made it simple enough that anybody could have listened to this and thought to themselves, hey, how do I apply these whole things in um, into my life? Here's Alex. Alex in Jersey. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Um, I guess the quick story is after college, I, had, I got a really good sales job, but uh, had to stop playing music, which was kind of the love of my life. And had to walk into my boss's office and tell him I was quitting to start a band with my old friends. And I thought my chick was going to leave me. I thought my parents were going to disown me for not paying off my loans. 
And uh, three years later, we just played skate and surf in New Jersey. We're getting a lot of good publicity. Uh, just got called a more technical version of Coheed and Cambria. So sciencenewjersey.com, uh, sciencenj.com, and we're, we're blowing up. And uh, couldn't be happier I made the choice. And for you, on stage is all, all the only thing you really want to do. You just want to play music. I want to play. I want to tour. I I want to work hard. You know, it's something I love, and uh, I've been doing it for forever. I've been listening to you guys and hearing all the musicians on and the writing process, the talking heads were on, you know, and just hearing all these things. It's like, wow, I really got to get out there. Um, huge LCD sound system fan, too. You just said you got to get out there and play. It's amazing, right? It's certainly, certainly amazing stuff. All right, thanks for calling. Here's Lee in Philly. Lee, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Ron. Yeah. Uh, about 15 years ago, I was 25 years old. I had an opportunity to uh, move um, to the East Coast for a job. And I, I was kind of a guy. I went to college, had my core group of friends. Didn't really go anywhere, but I decided I was going to do it. I was 25, didn't have a, a, any ties back home. And I, I tell you, when, when you think about life-changing experience, that was the day that, that, that changed my life. Uh, I didn't know anybody. I started going to bars and restaurants by myself, just talking to people. Next thing I knew, I got a passport. I started going to Europe by myself. Um, of course, I'd have girlfriends that would go with me and everything else. But now I have a passion, a passion for travel. The, uh, the, the, the job is secondary just for money for me to travel. And if it wasn't for that move to get out of my comfort zone, my parents said don't go. My friends said don't go. But I, I, I was determined, determined to move and, and to make something of myself. And I have. I have a very good job. But... Travel, for me, is an absolute passion. I want to see the world because of it. And if I didn't make that move, I would have never seen the, the, the six different countries that I have seen so far. And I will see the rest of the world because of it. So that is the, the point in my life that has changed my life. I think, that's a, I think that's a terrific story, and it's always great when you can go back to going. Because, I, because you know, we, we tend to do it with, like, a lot of negative things, you know? I know a lot of times you, well, people think, hey, when I quit that relationship or whatever, I became a quitter, or when I did this, that, you know, when I started to go in this direction, that screwed me up for a long time. But there's also positive things where you think to yourself, uh, no matter what comes up, because I've, I've had that experience, I know I Correct. can handle things. All right, thanks Correct. for calling. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Because for some reason, people will always think this. is like, well, I tried traveling, um, but I'm not good at it, and this happened, and it sucked. Everyone who travels on, like, no money has been stuck on a country road in the rain. It's part of the process. When you stop acting like that's such a big deal that it ruins everything is when you really become a traveler. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Roger in Maryland. What's your Tito's moment? Yeah, mine's a little bit off topic. Uh, I work in construction, also inspecting what's like the earlier caller. And there was a gentleman on the job that had a heart attack like three weeks prior to this incident. Uh, he was asking directions, and they said, oh, Roger, there's where the hospital is. They were going to get him directions to the hospital. He was on his second nitro. So I went ahead and said, hey, look, get in my truck. I'll give you a ride. It just... 
you know, it's all a topic, but uh seems like it's kind of changed things in my life a little bit. And, and I, I'm, first of all, Roger, I love it. Now, what about you standing up and being there that day made it so strong for you? Well, nobody else uh, was willing to help. I don't think they realized the severity of it. And I felt it made me feel good that, you know, I realized the situation and that I was able to help. And, uh, you know, his wife, once I found out his wife was in route to the hospital, uh, the pressure was off. And I felt like a kind of like Superman swooping in and, you know, <laughs> grabbing on to whatever he's trying to save and, and, and you know, making a difference in, in his life and his wife's life and mine. See, this is the beauty of this story, because, you know, Roger started trying to play it down. But just that type of thing of going out, he was of service to the guy, and look how he feels great about it years later. Um, I think it's great. Thanks for calling. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Looking for your Tito's moment that time. Uh, and Hicks has put something together. Some of this is Tito. Then we've also got Seth Gordon, who's an amazing guy who, with no training whatsoever, went out and became a rock and roll manager for some of the biggest bands in the world. That led him into cooking, where he started Celebrity Chefs. And because of his cooking, he got to hang out with the Dalai Lama. And not for nothing, but he also bones Sharon Stone. So there's good things that can happen. Then Nils Lofgren, only when he was 18 years old, moving into the city, meets Neil Young, and that's led him on this 40-year journey of rock and roll where he's traveled the entire world and is out on tour with Bruce Springsteen, I believe, as we speak. Welcome to the Summer of Tito's on the Ron and Fez Show. I actually did oil business, and then I got in the uh, in the environmental business, and I got in the mortgage business, and then into the vodka business. My band Grin struck out in New York City. I was 17. I just hit the road. I had a very strange route in. I, I went to LA as a probation officer. I lasted one day. It's time to tell us how you're living like Tito. Uh, I went to LA, and there was a vacancy sign on a motel, and I checked in, and there they were, sitting with uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, uh, Jadis Joplin and uh, Jim Morrison. I snuck backstage all the time and asked for advice. Luckily, at the cellar door, Neil Young handed me his guitar, said, sing a song, sing another. I wound up singing five or six tracks. And long story short, I wound up, Neil Young calls and says, I want you to do this project after the gold rush. I called Tito's Handmade Vodka Homegrown Symphonic Spirit to applaud and likened it to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. Visit them at titosvodka.com. I'm always a big sucker for these kind of stories. As a matter of fact, during the last Unmasked, when O&A were talking about their, they get together, they're playing Long Island, uh, you know, where they both grew up, and they get that job offer. And Anthony had still been working uh, day jobs as a tin knocker, and they get the job in Boston, and as they're driving up the highway, Anthony takes his tools and chucks him out the window. In the the part of his story of his life, it's an incredibly brave, meets selfish act, <laughs> and that's what it's all about. People forget that when you do some of these things, you're really doing them for you for yourself. And just think of, of how great that move is. 
That actually gave me shivers when he said it that night. I loved it so much. Um, my friend Brazilian Julie, living in, out, out in L.A. now, couch surfed the first couple days, found a job, started working. You have good days, bad days, half a good day, half a bad day. But before you know it, you've changed your life. You've taken control of your life. Um, here's uh, Colleen. Colleen in New Jersey. Hi, how are you? What's your Tito's moment? I quit my job to start the handkerchief shop. It's thehandkerchiefshop.com. Uh-huh. And um, I create a line of handkerchiefs for men called The Hank, A Return of the Gentleman, and a line of uh, handkerchiefs for women called Happy Hanky, and it's to dry happy tears like for special occasions and things like that. Now, the handkerchief business, what made you even think of it? Um, I don't know. I always loved handkerchiefs. It was always kind of that like unique, quirky thing about me that I always carried one around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think they're so sophisticated. I think it really is, you know, a return of the gentleman, a return of the lady. Um, you know, especially with so many things out there, you watch so many. You know, I hate to say it, but like trashy TV. Um, I just feel like this is just like that little vintage accessory, and it just reminds me of like my grandfather. Right. My dad still carries one, um, and just you know what it means to really be a lady. Now. Uh, you buy these where? Um, on thehandkerchiefshop.com. I no. actually manufacture them in Philadelphia. Oh, you manufacture them yourself. You've started that yeah, part of the business. They're my, they're my line. It's, a, it's Happy Hanky and um, The Hank. And how long have you had this business? Um, I have been doing it for like five years. Uh-huh. But I, I just quit my job, actually, to start in 2014. So, so it... It took you four years of having this business before you say, okay, it's ready to stand on its own. Yeah, and you know what the scary part is? It's It wasn't totally ready to stand on its own, but I was working in the corporate world while trying to do this at the same time. And, you know, you find yourself, I mean, so many people have that story, too. And you do find yourself just kind of throwing ideas against the wall to see if they stick, but you're not, your head really isn't in it completely. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to see if it works. Um, and, you know, it's, I mean, I love doing it. I think that's the first thing. Um, you know, you talk to any, you know, business owner, it's like the passion. Right. To make it work. Uh, I love the story, and we're looking over your site right now, and there's just beautiful things, and you're sh- able to ship them around the world, huh? Yeah, yep. I um, ship to Canada, Australia, UK, um, all over the place. Uh, all right, go ahead and plug your site again. It's thehandkerchiefshop.com. And I want to say, too, that I'm so inspired by Tito. I, I love when you when you have him on and you talk to him. My husband is a huge um, Tito's fan. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. And I appreciate you uh, calling in here. And we're going to send you into the big-ass prize closet. Congratulations right, right, having your own business. Which she win, Chris? She wins the Book of Secrets, Unlocking the Hidden Dimensions of Your Life, signed by Deepak Chopra. Hibbin Dimensions of Your Life, <laughs> signed by Mr. Deepak Chopra. These are great prizes. We should even be plugging them before the fact. Uh, we need to make a bigger deal out of our prizes. We get one-in-a-lifetime prizes. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what else made me uh, makes me love this concept. I've done, I think, about 105, 106 hours with uh, comedians talking about their careers. And there's not a single person that I've talked to that shouldn't have quit. 
every one of them had experiences where a person would say, that's it. I'm not going to be treated this way. This is awful. I quit. And yet they kept going. And because they didn't do the sensible thing, many of these guys, you know, in movies and TV shows and selling out venues all over the world, but every single one of them will tell a story where a reasonable person would have said, that's it. uh, I'm not taking this anymore. Um, And that's what took me back. uh, That is really not failure until you finally stop doing it. That's when it's officially failure, when you say no more. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. This is brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. It's America's original craft vodka, distilled six times from 100% corn and naturally gluten-free. Come visit us at titosvodka.com. Let's go over here to... um, Let's go to Steve in Iowa. Steve. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Hey, uh, five years ago, I I quit my construction job and and started my own cabinet and furniture company. What's the name of your uh, company? What was that? What's the name of your company? Uh, Natural Elements Woodworking. Now, Natural Elements Woodworking, you also sell this off the Internet? Yep, yep. I sell it at elementwoodworking.com. Now, tell how long you've been into woodworking. Um, out of college in 2003 and uh, started in 2004. Um, kind of a, a self-taught um, journeyman as it, and uh, worked at a couple cabinet shops. Worked as a trim carpenter for a while and ran construction crews, and then decided I wanted uh, more furniture than anything else. You love furniture. I do. I do. It's uh, it's rewarding. It's uh, in Iowa. It's kind of a grind. Um, to find uh, the customers, but it's uh, um, it's definitely a creative way way to to live a life. I uh, I find I find this kind of work to be one of the most romantic lifestyles. I I always have. I just you know a lot of people when you're up in New England, you'll be driving past the thing, you'll see a guy who'll have a big workshop out behind, and you know that that's you know one building is where he lives, and he walks across his driveway, and that's where he works. But then you can actually see these beautiful things that people make that you know are going to become someone else's heirlooms. Uh, my father was a woodworker. Uh, just spare time for fun. Has made us stuff that, you know, some clocks, chess sets, different things. And it's always been amazing to me. But to do this as your living is a terrific thing, dude. Yeah, um, it's kind of, it's cool. Definitely with the, I got about a 200-foot commute to my shop every day. So Is, is that how far you go? Yep, yep. You got to, doesn't take long to get there. And, you know, and the freedom it gives you, too, is, is a great way to, is a great way to live. Now, at the same time, what would the setbacks be? What, what's the big problem stuff for you? Um, I could definitely be making, you know, quite a bit more money if I worked for, you know, a construction crew. Or, right. You know, even if I did, if I owned a remodeling company of, of that nature, but, uh, um, you know, I have the ability if, you know, I want to, I want to pack up and go somewhere with the family. I can, 
I can do that, you know, as long as I, I've made my commitments to my customers, it's, there's a, um, there's ability to do a lot more, a lot more things in life than just, uh, just work. What, what are, uh, what are most people looking for? Like what kind of things that people ask for? Um, originally I started the company just as a custom rocking chair company. Yeah. All I did was make high end rocking chairs and, you know, fit them to the person. And I make about, oh, a half dozen of those a year, but lots of, uh, lots of dining room tables. Those are kind of my favorite now. Um, you know, get a, get actually make a centerpiece of someone's house. A lot of times their dining room table might be the, the most money that they spend on a piece of furniture. And that's kind of nice to know that, you know, every night people are using something that I've made. Steve, I find that seriously one of the most romantic things that a guy could do with his life, just to know that you're making something and you made it with your hands through your craft, and now people use it, and that some you know daughter or son is going to end up getting that table from the parents someday. You know that it'll it'll outlive uh, you and it'll outlive the your customers. I just find that stuff fascinating. Big ass prize closet for you, my friend. You're living like keto. You win the Autistic Brain, signed by Temple Graydon. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez Show. Um, let's go over here to Jim in Minnesota. How you doing, pal? Hey. Yeah. Doing well. How are you doing, Ronnie? Cool. Hey. Uh, so it was really cool. I, I love listening to you guys talk. You're awesome. Um I was talking with my girlfriend this morning, and I've just, uh, the last couple of years, I've been, throughout college, I got uh, prescribed Ritalin and Adderall, mm-hmm. and it's like the nicest feeling ever, like everything's clear and sharp, and kind of in my head, I was thinking I'm addicted, and I'm addicted, and I've been putting it off, kind of justifying, taking it, like, oh, I want to be awake and feel good, I want to be exciting, but today, before even hearing you guys' show, I talked with my girl, and uh, I was just saying, like, I think it's kind of bullshit that I should have to take this to feel better because life is pretty cool anyways. And then hearing you guys talk about taking control and all this stuff, I think it's, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Um, Just be very careful going off any medication. You probably ought to check with your doctor and letting him know that you're doing it. So, he, you know, you can have somebody keeping you an eye on on with it, you know? All right. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll I'll mention it. You know, that's the thing, too. I think just talking about with them might be good. I think it's a great idea, but make sure that if you're changing your medication, your doctor knows about it. All right, dude? All right. Thanks, Ronnie. All right. Peace. Peace. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Wow. Phones are packed just as we're getting ready to end this show. Uh, But I want to start and do this at least uh, once a week. where we're talking about living like Tito, because I find these kind of stories, particularly when you hear the amount of people who have, uh, you know, the media will just bring out every bad thing in the world, and you start to hear, oh, the Dow's up, the Dow's down, and you feel like that affects your life. But the fact of the matter is, look how many Americans just take control of their life they have their Tino moment and jump into it. Um, here's Rob in Alabama. Rob. What's going on? Yeah. Well, I got a good story, man. I, you know, I was 18 years old, thought I was big and bad, had a fake ID. I was down at Panama City Beach, and he had just 
perfect shape, you know, 205 pounds, 10% body fat, you know, just thought I was the next best thing since sliced bread. So me and my buddy sitting there at the bar, and uh, this, this skinny fella comes in, and he's, he rode a bicycle there, apparently. So he, he comes up and sits at the bar beside us, puts a bike at, you know, right here at the corner of the bar, and, you know, I kind of nudged my buddy and said, hey, you know, watch this. And I looked over at this fella, and I said, uh, let me ask you something. I said, what would you say? I said, I said, better yet, what would you do if I took your bicycle and bent it in half so you rode home in circles? And uh, okay. without, a, without, a, without a smile, nothing. Yeah, he looked at me and said, uh, son, I kill you dead in hell. And so, you know, there was a moment of silence there, and I never had anybody serious, you know, talk to me like that. And I knew this fellow would kill me if I touched his bicycle, so... You know, anyways, long story short, we ended up uh, laughing about it. You know, he kind of cracked a smile after he ended up saying that. We ended up laughing about it. You know, we ended up going over to his condo and, uh, you know, hung out. And I, that's where I met his daughter. And, of course, uh, you know, over time we became real good friends and, you know, eventually got married and been together for 14 years. And, uh, you know, we also ended up opening – you know, uh, marketing business together that generates over three point five million a year. So uh, it's just amazing how one little comment, you know, or one little situation led to my wife and you know my current career. That's that's very successful. That is just a stunning story because you feel like it's going in one direction. <laughs> and like you said, just, you know, you had this kind of moment and clarity of not being an asshole. And look what was open to you from that point on. Amazing stuff. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Dan, in Chicago, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ron, great talking to you. Huge fan of the show. I got a pretty good story. I got a good Tito moment. I, uh, 1993, totally strung out of my mind. Uh, just, you, you, you can relate, I think. And, uh, turned my life around, you know, hitting three meetings a day out of my mind. And, uh, you know, 21 years later, I'm one of the largest security contractors in the country. You know, and not a day goes by where I don't think to myself, wow. You know, uh, life's good, and, uh, you know, I just all I had to do was show up. You know what I mean? Here's the amazing thing, dude. Who would have bet on you in 1993? Absolutely. You know what? Everyone would have bet on me not to live. Right. That's all. All bets would be on that, you know, and it's, it's just a great feeling. And now things are different. It's about helping people out and understanding where people are coming from, you know, and relating. But uh, huge fan of the show. I'm on my uh, doing a little work right now, and I said, "Boy, I got to call in. I never called the show before, but I listen to you guys every day." Dan, I'm now a huge fan of yours. Thank you so much for calling, brother. You got it, buddy. Peace. Bye. Uh, I love these stories. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Um, let's go over here to Tony. Tony, what do you got for me, pal? Hey, how's it going today, guys? Yeah. Uh, my story is kind of kind of long, but I'll shorten it up. Uh, mom and dad, blue collar family. Uh, I got out. I got into the corporate world. Fortieth uh, birthday, my dad had his first heart attack. My fortieth birthday, we're sitting there talking, and he goes, uh, "You know what you really need to do?" He goes, "Live your dream." I go to meet. He goes, "I had my first heart attack at forty, working my ass off, 
by the time I got comfortable enough, I was my health was too far gone. So I got to thinking about it. My kids are, my daughter's out of high school, my son's graduating. I go, you know what? This is my chance. I quit my job, think about a third of what I was making going to trucking. Uh, seven years later, I've seen the entire United States, half of Canada, almost 800,000 miles. Couldn't be happier. And at any point, did you know that you were going to love being in that business? Oh, no. I mean, from, from the day I got behind the wheel, I go, wow, this is my call. I and, love these stories, man. You know, I, I wanted to see the country, mm-hmm. you know, but I never had time. You know, I got kids and everything sure. else. It's like, you know what? How better to see the country than to get paid to do it and, and enjoy what you're doing? Tony, uh, you're going into the big-ass prize closet. Like we said, a lot of times, you know, people think, you know, oh, are you talking about making more money? Here Tony's saying he makes a third of the money that he made before, but enjoys his life way more than he ever thought. And he knew it immediately that he had made the right move. That's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. Uh, this hour just blew by on us. But let's do this again next week because uh, and it's a very weird thing that just popped into my head to start and do this this summer because I think everybody needs to be reminded. And like I said, a big part of when you listen to my uh, the Ron Bennington interview show or you sit down and listen to Unmasked, there's always moments of people's lives when they said, I'm either dropping something because I don't want to put up with that anymore, or I'm sticking with this thing regardless of what comes back with it. Um, you heard about people today starting their own businesses. One did it specifically because they heard <laughs> the interview that I did with Tito. Um, amazing stuff. We'll do this again next week. Uh, tonight, last comic standing. Go out and see some young comedians chasing their dream. Both Shelby and Fez will be there. Fez, uh, how did you answer Shelby's original post today? Oh, I haven't answered it yet. I'll answer it tonight. That's great. You can live chat. That starts at... 10, 9 central on the iBang and go to the Instagram account Ron and Fez SXM to watch the second episode of The Halls. You can also find that on Twitter. We link to that and spread it around. Tweet it, retweet, uh, regram. That's a great idea, Shelby. Thanks for giving us that. Your passion makes me want to make The Halls become the next big thing. You just heard from all these passionate people. And the Halls is our interns putting it out there. Every week, they're going to be putting out a message of their journey. Uh, today ended in such a positive way. I really do appreciate it. See you guys back in here tomorrow. And that's the end of my show. Dog. On and Fez, on Raw Dog. Ah! 